0: This is MRN Classic Races, presented by Sunoco, the official fuel of NASCAR, and also brought to you by Hercules Tires, right on our strength.
1: MRN Radio presents NASCAR Today. Sponsored by Goodies Headache Powders and Extra Strength Tablets, the South's number one headache powder. Good afternoon, everyone, from
2: Bristol International Raceway, where we're looking at a beautiful day here. Plenty of sunshine. Temperature is going to be a little bit cool, although they say it may go up into the 60s before the afternoon is gone. We're also looking at 32 beautiful colored race cars sitting down there on pit Road, but Eli Gold, when that checkered flag comes down, A little bit later this afternoon, I think some of those cars will not look as well as they do right now. I would think
3: you're exactly right, Barney Hall. When you take a look at this racetrack, again, if you've never been here, it's like running around the inside of a cereal bowl. Caution flags of 18, 19, 20 times, not unusual during the course of the afternoon. And this is a racetrack where if you get out of what seems to be the one good workable groove, that wall comes up at you in a giant hurry. But that's just part of the mystique of this racetrack. Other men have seemingly figured out how best to get around here. For years, Junior Johnson's cars were virtually unbeatable. He, as a car owner, has 21 wins here at Bristol. Darrell Waltrip is a 10-time winner, and. He He's one man in particular, Barney, who is hoping that this weekend might be the turnaround for his racing team because the Tide Chevrolet team kind of scuffling along looking for that key to success here in 1990. And Darrell says today might just be his
2: day. Well, he really just put it in a little different perspective the other day. We were talking about it, and he said if we can't get something going here at Bristol this weekend, he said we are in trouble because it has been one of his best racetracks. The key here to run this place, 500 laps, is pretty much like Darlington, South Carolina, survival. Things happen so quick in the corners, as you pointed out. The corners are kind of blind in a way going into like turn one or turn three. If something happens coming off the corner, you simply do not see it until you're a part of it. So it gets very critical. going to be an interesting day. We'll be back in a minute.
3: We welcome you back to Bristol Raceway here in Tennessee. It is a magnificent afternoon, not a single cloud in the sky. As Barney said, the temperatures when we awoke this morning were in the low 30s. The weatherman says that the thermometer reading should be around 60 degrees once this race gets going in just about 15 or 20 minutes time from now. Everybody is still kind of shaking their heads in the aftermath of what we saw here at Bristol yesterday. The single most savage looking accident on a racetrack that anyone could ever remember. Folks who have watched the sport for 30 and 40 years had never seen a car virtually explode like the one did yesterday that was carrying Michael Waltrip in the Bush Grand National Series race. Miraculously, virtually without a scratch, Michael Waltrip climbed from that race car and he is standing by on pit road right now claiming that he's ready to go as far in this race today as is possible. Dick Brooks of Woodruff, South Carolina is with Michael Waltrip.
4: Well, Michael and Daryl uh, and Daryl's Darryl and wife is, uh, is discussing uh, what happened yesterday and, uh, and uh, kind of thinking, I think, uh, all together that, uh, that they're glad that everybody's still thinking all together and, and uh, being as precious as they can. Michael. Uh, for the people that was here yesterday, uh, it was uh, it was a sight for 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 about everybody, and I guess everybody that's had anything to do with racing, myself and everybody else, as, as Darrell just walked off, I'm, he's got memories of, of certain things too. One thing that'll have to stick out in your mind the rest of your life was yesterday, of course. It has nothing to do with racing, that's part of it, and that's uh, but it just stays in a long time. Give us some of your thoughts about it.
5: Well, you know, when I, when I left here yesterday by helicopter, I really, you know, I felt good. I was a little bit shaken, but I'd certainly been hurt worse in a car. And, uh, you know, I didn't think it was any big deal. I thought I had a wreck, and, uh, you know, uh, I was going to the hospital, and I, I didn't lose memory of the accident. But I think when I was in the car, I didn't look around me. I was just sitting there, and they got me out and took me to the hospital. And, uh, you know, I even asked Chuck when we got to back to the, mo- the hospital, I said, uh, think we can fix that thing? I I said, I didn't hit nothing with the back, I just hit with the front. And uh, he said, you need to watch it on TV. And then when I saw that, I just, uh, I just, I just don't understand it. Uh, uh, The Lord spared me, that's for sure. We were real, real fortunate to to even survive it, but yet to be standing here and and able to go racing and do what I love to do. uh, You know, just, it gives, instead of making me have second thoughts about what I do, it gives me a good feeling knowing how safe these cars are and how safe what we do is. Well, I think the whole thing
4: is built right around a driver. They try to keep that part intact, and in your case, it did that. I think we've all been out of way at the same time. Are you going to be able to, uh, are you are your thoughts now to be able to, to make it all day?
5: I'm hoping. Um, if there's anywhere but Bristol, I know I could do it. But uh, your neck takes such a beating here, and mine's already sore. So uh, if they have a lot of cautions, I should be all right. And if they don't, uh, I certainly don't have any uh, apprehensions about getting out of the car and turning it over to Larry. He's a great, you know, a good good driver and does a good job. And. You know, uh, I'm just uh, happy to have the chance to start it. That's my main concern. Well, good luck to you today. Everybody's pulling for it. Well, I'd like to say hello to Mom and them back in Kentucky. Dad, uh, he's going under in for a little bit of heart operation on Tuesday, and I want to say hi to them. There's somebody else knowing brother brother's real special to me. I want to say hi to them, too. Uh, I bet they are. Okay. Well, let's, uh, he's looking good. I think he's planning to try to do it
3: and of course the larry he mentioned is larry pearson who is here standing by as the relief driver
2: should michael waltrip need some assistance later in the afternoon and he practiced that car in the final session here yesterday so he will certainly be eligible to get in it there were some big surprises in qualifying and i'm not really that much of a surprise but ernie Irvin has always run well here and the larry mcclure kodak film oldsmobile has had a poll here at bristol in recent years when rick wilson was aboard as a driver but yesterday when all the dust settled after the qualifying was over Ernie was on the pole for the race here today at 116.157 miles an hour. Not a track record, but it's certainly good enough to beat everyone else. Let's get his thoughts right now with Jim Phillips.
6: Ernie Irvin, you won your first Bush Pole yesterday, and it uh, meant a lot of things for Ernie Irvin, but today you're starting in front of 32 or 31 other cars. Are you a little nervous?
7: Well, not really. You know, Tony Glover, the crew chief for this Kodak Films, Delco Remi Olsenville, has prepared this car awful well, and um makes it a little easier starting up here in the front. You know, you don't have to worry about traffic as much. And the way I look at it, it's a lot easier to start here than it is back there in 20th or 25th.
6: If people remember, though, last year here at this racetrack, you had some good runs.
7: We sure did. You know, Bob Johnson was setting the car up for us with our Kroger Pontiac then. And uh, we had some awful good runs here and had a little bit of trouble. Uh, The second race, we ran pretty good and had some more trouble. But uh, we're hoping to finish this race without any trouble and hoping to bring her home for a win.
6: Tell us the difference between starting uh, Uh, up front last week and up front this week of course you weren't on the bush pole last week but you were up front instead of starting back in 20th or 21st position
7: well you know the biggest thing is is when the first round of pit stops come up you're you're the first cars to get in so you don't get blocked in and you're the first cars to go out so if you start off in the front and stay there then it gives you the chance to you know to stay there all day and keep from getting a lap down where when you start in the back you know it gets traffic jams and uh you know you can bet me and jeff and mark and all of us guys right up front are going to be Catching the back of the pack quick.
6: Do you talk before the race with the, the drivers around you about certain things at the first of the race?
7: Yeah, Jeff told me the place is gonna be awful slippery, but we've been kind of messing with each other every day before qualifying. And uh, you know, uh, you know, Jeff, you know, Jeff told me if I beat him in the first corner, he's gonna get behind me and we're gonna go, you know, or or if he beats me, and you know, let him go. And you know, you got gotta have some sort of strategy when you take off, so both people don't go for the same hole at one time. Tony
6: Glover and his crew have prepared a good car for Ernie Irvin. Look for him to run real strong all day long.
2: We'll talk to some more of the drivers when we come back to Bristol in a minute.
3: the MRN radio crew at Bristol International Raceway as we close in on the start of the Valleydale 500 as many surprises as we have seen in qualifying near the front of the field conversely some of the names that are normally at the front are a whole lot closer to the rear here this weekend including Rusty Wallace his Miller genuine draft Pontiac is way back in 23rd starting spot dick brooks is checking in with rusty right now dick
4: well as rusty gets himself buckled in i guess uh one of the thoughts would be the only reason that it'd be good to start in 23rd out of 32 cars is if they turned them all around and went the other way you'd be a little closer to the front this is not a good place to start this far back rusty what do you expect to do
2: well that you're right dick no doubt about that this is the worst spot i think i can remember i've started in a long time but uh for some reason, this doggone saga just keeps continuing. I hope I can break this
9: bad string of luck we've had here, call it the sophomore jinx, whatever. But uh, uh, the team's the same. Nothing's no different. We just sanded off the white and green and painted on the black and gold, and that's about it. Uh, I just hope we can get this Miller January draft car up to the front, and I'm just going to have to be careful today because uh, uh, it's probably be
4: pretty wild out there. At this particular racetrack, from where you're at, it's going to take a lot of patience to go to the front. You've got to think just a little bit different than you would if you were starting up front. Are you all ready for that?
2: Yeah, I think so.
10: I th-
9: the one thing that I think is going to help me out is uh, the only the thing I'm banking on, at least, when the race gets going, once we get ready for our first pit stop after first caution, uh, we're pitted all the way to the very end. That's the luxury of being the champion, getting a good pit spot. We can zip on in here and get four tires and hopefully gain a lot of spots in the pit area.
4: Well, it sure is a tough place to go back here. I'll tell you, this is uh, one of the racetracks that's uh, really tough, and you have to gear yourself just a little bit different. I never could really do that. Maybe he can.
2: I think maybe he will this afternoon because he knows they need a good finish. The season has not gone well at all for Rusty Wallace. As Eli was talking about some of the bigger names toward the end of the pack, some some names popped up in the top ten that we don't normally see up there. In eighth position in the race today is Rick Mast. He's from Rockbridge, Bass, Virginia, and he's in the Raven Boats Racing Pontiac, and Jim Phillips is with him right now.
6: Rick Mast, you put your Pontiac in eighth starting position. A good qualifying run for this team.
10: Thank you very much. I tell you, it's really a pleasure to be starting eighth in a Winston Cup race. you know, we, Last week at Darlington, we felt like we had a terrible, terrible missed opportunity. The car was just performing marvelously for me. I could drive it anywhere I wanted to put it, and the motor let us down. But here at Bristol, we ran real good yesterday afternoon, the Raven Boats Pontiac. Glenn Doyle and Raven Boats come on board this week with us, and uh, uh, you know that'll help some. And you know, if we can stay here all day long, if we can finish this race, stay out of trouble, and the car finish, we'll be at the front end of this race. We need some long green flag laps. We tested yesterday afternoon. On short runs, the guys would beat me. But after about 20 laps, I could start running the cars back down. Uh, I think if we can do that long enough today, we'll be pretty good shape.
6: Bobby Jones says he's been with a lot of teams, but this team has more determination than he's ever been with before.
10: Well, you know, last year I was with Travis Carter. And the reason I went with Travis, is because he had more determination than anybody ever noticed. This team, Bobby, and everybody on this team has a lot of determination. And I, right now, at this point in time in my career, I need to surround my myself with people like that that, you know, that they want to win, they got to win. Uh, that's that's one of the big reasons I'm with these guys.
2: Rick Bass, he's looking for a good run here at Bristol this afternoon. Back at the Bristol International Raceway, pre-race activity is continuing down there, and we talked a little bit yesterday, and of course we have all week long about the sealer they had put on this racetrack and how it had changed the surface. Once, the more they run on it, the more rubber they work into it. And when they first came here this weekend, everybody was really worried because it got rained out on Friday. Everything got kind of scrubbed, including the qualifying and the practice and everything. The race yesterday helped it considerably, though.
3: It really did. It worked uh, 250 laps of racing into the racetrack. There's also extensive practice yesterday morning for both divisions. There was Winston Cup practice following yesterday's Bush Grand National Race. So the track is in a far better condition right now than some of the horror stories we had heard uh, leading up to this racing weekend. We should have an outstanding run in the Valleydale Meets 500 this afternoon. As soon as we come back, we'll go trackside again to meet more of the drivers in today's starting lineup.
2: Just a few minutes away from the start of the Valleydale Meets 500. Let's hear from the two drivers who are the winningest drivers here at Bristol, Tennessee. Darrell Waltrip is one of those and Dale Earnhardt is the other. Let's get Earnhardt's thoughts first with Jim Phillips.
6: Well, Dale Earnhardt has won seven races here at Bristol, so certain he certainly knows how to win. Yesterday he had 250 laps of more practice on this racetrack. And how was Bristol yesterday?
9: Well, there's awful lot of rubber build up on the track, and uh, it got a little bit aggravating there, but uh, our car was a little tight yesterday, didn't work just right, so we worked on this one a little bit yesterday afternoon, and uh, seems to be working pretty good. Uh, You know, I've been pretty lucky from ninth place here. I won a couple times from back here, so just stay out of trouble and not get no bad deals. We'll be all right.
6: That's the thoughts of Dale Earnhardt. He's rolling off ninth this afternoon.
3: And the other gentleman who has the winning numbers here at Bristol is Darrell Waltrip, who comes into today's event with 10 wins at Bristol, and he's in starting position number 10 this afternoon. Dick
4: Brooks? Well, anybody that, uh, you know, thinks about Bristol has to think about Daryl Waltrip and uh, Cale Yarbrough and a couple people like that that just dominated it for quite a few years. Uh, Daryl sitting here getting ready to go. Seems like in pretty good shape. What do you think about today, Darryl?
11: Uh We're real happy, Dick. The car's running well, and uh, same car we won with here last fall. In the, uh, that we had some real good practice laps yesterday afternoon after the bush race. And, you know, the crew's ready to go. Uh, we need to, we're just all committed today to running good and trying to win this race because we've been going all you know, we've been doing real poorly. We just need to get things turned around, and it's a good place to do it. Well, you got a pretty good starting spot. Yeah, we're right here in 10 spot, and, uh, you know, right here by my old buddy. And between the two of us, I think you might see a win. <laughs> I think you're right. Tell okay. you, stop to think about it when you talk about domination
3: on the part of Dale Earnhardt's team this year, Barney if not for that half of a lap, not even that much at Daytona, and the want of three seconds in Richmond, Virginia, that team could have won four of the five Winston Cup races so far, Dale Earnhardt we're speaking of, and that, that's remarkable in light of how tough the competition is.
2: He's on a pretty hot streak right now. He's won two in a row, going for three here today. Let's take a look at the lineup. Back in 32nd position, starting on a provisional starting spot, is Butch Miller of Coopersville, Michigan, the Food City Planter Chevrolet. Starting 31st, Phil Parsons of Detroit, Michigan in the Skoll Oldsmobile. He is relief driving for Harry Gant here today. Starting 30th, J.D. McDuffie of Sanford, North Carolina in the Rumpel Furniture Pontiac. Thir- 29th, Mike Alexander of Franklin, Tennessee, the Rabestus Brakes Racing Buick. 28th is Richard Petty of Ranma, North Carolina. He's in the STP Pontiac. 27th, Jimmy Means of Huntsville, Alabama, the Alka-Seltzer Pontiac. 26th will be Jimmy Spencer of Berwick, Pennsylvania in the Hines 57 Pontiac. 25th starter... Rick Wilson of Bartow, Florida in the Dinner Bell Oldsmobile. 24th, Rob Moroso of Madison, Connecticut in the Crown Petroleum Oldsmobile. 23rd, Rusty Wallace of St. Louis, Missouri. The Miller Genuine Draft Racing Pontiac. 22nd, Derek Cope of Spanaway, Washington, in the Pure Later Chevrolet. And 21st is Alan Kulwicki of Greenfield, Wisconsin, in the Z-Rex Ford.
3: 20th starter, Michael Waltrip of Owensboro, Kentucky, the Country Time Pontiac. Davey Allison from Hueytown, Alabama, starts 19th in the Texaco Haviland Ford. 18th starter is Brett Bodine of Chemung, New York, that's the Quaker State Buick. 17th, Ken Schrader from Fenton, Missouri, the Kodiak Chevrolet. Dave Marcus qualified well in 16th spot from Wausau, Wisconsin, the Big Apple. Market Chevrolet. 15th is Bobby Hillen, Jr. of Midland, Texas. That's the Snickers Buick. 14th starter, Terry Labonte of Corpus Christi, Texas, the Skull Racing Oldsmobile. Ricky Rudd from Chesapeake, Virginia, starts 13th in the Levi Garrett Chevrolet. Going 12th as the relief driver for the ailing Neil Bonnet, Dale Jarrett of Conover, North Carolina. He's in the Wood Brothers' Sitco Ford. And 11th is Bill Elliott of Dawsonville, Georgia, the Coors Ford Thunderbird.
2: Taking a look at the top 10, Darrell Waltrip from Owensboro, Kentucky has the Tide Chevrolet in 10th position. Dale Earnhardt of Kannapolis, North Carolina will go ninth in the GM Goodrich Chevrolet. The eighth starter is Rick Mass of Rockbridge, Bass, Virginia in the Raven Boats Racing Pontiac. Morgan Shepherd of Conover, North Carolina will be starting seventh. He's in the Motorcraft Ford. The sixth position belongs to Dick Trickle of Wisconsin's Rapids, Wisconsin in the Phillips 66 Pontiac. Fifth starter, Sterling Marlin from Columbia, Tennessee in the Sunoco Ultra Oldsmobile. And in fourth place, Kyle Petty of Ranma, North Carolina, in the Peak Pontiac. Starting third, Mark Martin of Batesville, Arkansas, in the Folgers Racing Ford. And on the front row, Jeff Modine of Chemung, New York, in the Budweiser Ford. Starts outside pole, and on the pole we heard from a moment ago, Ernie Irvin of Modesto, California, the Kodak film Oldsmobile. Should be a great day here for them.
3: We invite you to stay tuned. Live coverage of the Valleydale Meets 500 follows immediately from Bristol, Tennessee.
0: citywide to countryside, whatever you drive, wherever you go. Hercules Tires has the value, selection, and industry-leading warranty to get you there, no matter where the road takes you. To learn more, visit HerculesTire.com. Hercules Tires, ride on our strength.
1: Time means yard work and lots of it. So, when it's time to replace the battery in your riding lawnmower or tractor, let O'Reilly Auto Parts help. The professional parts people will help you find just the right superstar lawn and garden battery to make sure your mower starts over and over again. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day.
0: Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.
1: <laughs> MRN Radio. Presents the NASCAR Winston Cup Series. Today, the Valley Dale 500. Sponsored by Pontiac and your local Pontiac dealer, we build excitement. By Holly Farms, the official chicken of NASCAR and proud sponsor of today's Lickety Split Award. By True Value Hardware Stores, for quality, selection, and personal attention, make True Value your first choice. And by Anheuser-Busch, Brewers of Busch Beer, head for the mountains of Busch. At Bristol, Tennessee, they have just fired
2: the engines down on Pitt Road, and they'll sit there and warm them just a minute because it's still a little bit chilly here. I think Eli said a moment ago about 57 degrees. The current temperature reading, it could go up into the very low 60s, and yesterday they were forecasting it only to go into the 40s, a very chilly day here at Bristol. So weather-wise and temperature-wise, it's going to be fairly comfortable for both the teams and the drivers and the fans.
3: For those of you who are just joining us, let us uh, backtrack a bit on some of the news of earlier in this week. We have established the fact that Phil Parsons is driving the Skoll Machine this week. the Oldsmobile, normally occupied by Harry Gant. This afternoon at about 2.30 at the Concord Baptist Church near Taylorsville, North Carolina, Funeral services are set for Harry's dad, J.C. Gantt, who passed away early Friday morning, and we certainly send all of our uh, condolences to the Gantt family. Phil Parsons uh, aboard that uh, ride this weekend. Also, Robert Black joined us a few moments ago, Barney. He's the director of the Busch Grand National Series. Uh, he lost his dad this past week, and many folks have responded with the phone calls, cards, flowers, et cetera. And uh, Robert asks that uh, we say thanks to all of the racing fans who responded to the Black family need In their hour of grief. Also, a quick hello to Dennis Punch, Bush Beers representative on the Bush Series Tour. He is hospitalized in Charlotte, North Carolina. We certainly wish the very best to Dennis and hope to see him back out on the circuit uh, before much longer. And with all of that said, the field now rolls off the pit lane, getting set to go racing here at Bristol Raceway. If you've never been to this racetrack, one thing that's important, as it always is on these short tracks, there are pits on both sides of this racetrack. And those who seem to pit on the front straightaway, those who have qualified higher in the standings and are able to draw their pit positions on the front stretch, normally have a bit of an advantage over those who have to uh, pit along the back straightaway if for no other reason than because of the NASCAR rule of when the pit lanes become unlocked, if you will. Those who pit on the front straightaway will have an edge again over those on the stretch
2: That's going to make a little bit of a difference here this afternoon. Now most of the teams that qualified well obviously are pitting here in the front straightaway. There's plenty of room on pit road in contrast to what it used to be here at Bristol back in the old days. They have widened it considerably, at least another lane and a half in recent years. So I don't think it's going to really be that big. You just have to kind of plan for what you said there and, and look ahead and if you get any way to get on pit road back there a little bit quicker, depending on where the caution comes out and whatever, you, you make the most of it. Certainly they're going to do that here in the front stretch.
3: One thing, even if you pit under green here, particularly if you pit under green, you can count yourself on losing at least a couple of laps. That's how quickly they get around this half mile racetrack because the turns are banked so steeply. 36 degrees and as we said at the top of the show that is steeper of banking than either Daytona or Talladega you get around this racetrack in 16 and a half 17 seconds under race pace so you'll go down a couple of laps very easily. You've already heard from our pit coverage crew today Dick Brooks of Woodruff South Carolina and Jim Phillips of WNPC Radio in Newport Tennessee. The other member of our crew out there off of turn number three looking at the cars climb the banking in front
12: of him right now Joe Moore from WPEX Radio in Hampton Virginia Joe. Thanks Ian. Like. good afternoon everyone we'll see a lot of uh, hill climbing here at the end of the speedway as they go up the banking and try to hold the cars down a lot of that we saw here yesterday i think one of the bush drivers put it best yesterday when he said driving this bristol speedway is like riding the wildest roller coaster you've ever been on except you're not on rails we saw a lot of people get off the rails yesterday as they went too high in turns one and two, tried to squeeze back down in the racing groove here on the back straightaway, and many times got squeezed into the outside retaining wall as they tried to get back in line. Biggest mistake you can make is to get out of line, almost like the draft at one of the super speedways. You use a lot, lose a lot of ground there in those situations. We'll be covering that action as the cars come into turn one and turn two and hit this back straightaway here at Bristol this afternoon in the Valleydale Meets 500. We'll be back with the start of the Valleydale 500 in a moment.
2: Back at Bristol, Tennessee, the pace car will take them. Looks like another lap here before they cut them loose. No, they're going to go this time around, they say. They took an extra lap there just a moment ago, and now the field is bunching up very tightly for the start of the Valleydale meets 500 here at Bristol, Tennessee. Pace car pulls onto pit road. They are out of turn number four at about 45 to 50 miles an hour. Green flag is out. And the Valleydale 500 is underway. On the break, Ernie Irvin gets free and clear out front all by himself in turn two. Jeff Bodine's right behind him
12: in the Mark Martin car. Those three single file double-wide behind Martin, though, is Kyle Petty and Sterling Marlin battle it out here in turn three. Kyle goes very high in the banking of three. It opens the bottom line for
3: Sterling Marlin. He'll grab fourth. Kyle is fifth. Dick Trickle is sixth. The battle now for seventh between
12: Morgan Shepard to the inside of Rick Mast. Rick Mast has the outside lane coming off the corner as Shepard tries to squeeze some room down on the inside. Still side by side here on the back straightaway. The dick trickle card directly ahead
2: for Morgan Shepard. In the early laps, you don't want to be out in that outside lane any longer than you have to. You need to get down to the bottom of that racetrack, tuck in single file to hold what you have. Otherwise, you're going to lose some positions. Mark Martin currently is fourth. He got squeezed out there for just a second. Now he tucks back in. They're in three. Sterling Martin made a nice move around Mark Martin going around to the outside. He picks up the third spot. Martin back to fourth. Kyle Petty
12: is fifth. Give the downstairs at tenth position to Dale Earnhardt. He'll move to the inside of Darrell Waltrip. And now the inside opens up for Dale Jarrett, driving for Neil Bonnet. Can he make it pay off? He'll try to do it coming off the corner. Quickly, though, gets back in line, thinks better of it as he sees a racetrack closing in here on the back straight
2: away. Darrell Waltrip was another driver that got hung out there to drive for several laps, and now they finally tuck in single file all the way back through about the 18th position. The leader is Ernie Irvin. Riding along in the number two spot is still Jeff Bonine. Sterling Marlin is third. Fourth is Mark Martin. Fifth is Kyle Petty. Sixth is Rick
12: Mass. Seventh is Dick Trickle. Eighth is Morgan Shepard car. Ninth is Dale Earnhardt. Tenth is Darrell Waltrip. Eleventh place now is Dale Jarrett. Twelfth place, Bill Elliott 13th Ricky Rudd Terry Labonte is 14th
3: at 12th position Rudd look to the inside of Bill Elliott and further up the battle between
12: Trickle and Morgan Shepard. He'll try to go at it coming off the back straight away. Shepard though gets back in line as he falls in behind Trickle. Earnhardt also thought about making a pass. He too though falls back into single file. But
2: another good battle going on back there between Kenny Schrader and Davey Allison. Allison takes a look down to the inside in turn number one trying to move up a notch. They made contact last time around out of turn two. That's a battle for the 15th position but Schrader will hold on to for the time being. Davey right behind him as they go back to turn three. He
12: won't try to make the move this time. One car losing a lot of positions here early as Dave Marcus. He had qualified very
3: well. He is now being passed by virtually everybody on the racetrack and he's offering absolutely no resistance. Meanwhile, Earnhardt and and Shepard battle. Now Here comes Dale Jarrett going up into turn number
12: three. Looks like we're seeing Earnhardt going spurt.
2: Trouble in turn three in front of Joe Moore. Brett
12: Bodine spins down to the inside of the racetrack. One car collected is Jimmy Spencer. Also Derek Cope involved here. Looks like Bodine spun first here on the back straightaway. We see a streak of oil. It stretches back up the back straightaway. Could have been a problem there for Bodine, which caused him to spin. Again, he collected the Jimmy Spencer car. Brett Bodine rather uh, Brett Bodine, spun originally, and uh, the Derek Cope
2: car also was involved. All three of those cars are under power and will go on around the racetrack, but it has put us under yellow, and it didn't take very long to do it. We're only nine laps into the Valleydale Meets 500. Severe damage to Brett Bodine's car to the rear of it. You can see it's caved in back there. Derek Cope has some sheet metal damage to the left side of his car, and also... That accident over there was very fortunate that it was toward the tail end of the field, Joe.
12: Yeah, it was back in the back, so a lot of the heavy traffic had already gone by. Again, uh, several of the cars that uh, almost made it. Jimmy Spencer did a good job of trying to swerve to avoid that, but couldn't quite do it because it's not that much room at this end of the racetrack, particularly when you're going at the speeds they run here. He saw Bodine's car sitting broadside of the racetrack, tried to go high, but Bodine slid back down the banking, and they made contact here.
3: So we are under caution for the first time this afternoon on lap number 10 the lead still held by Ernie Irvin running in the second spot is Jeff Bodine Sterling Marlin is third Mark Martin goes fourth and fifth is Kyle Petty. Let's go down to pit road under caution here at Bristol International Raceway. It came out for the first time this afternoon on lap number eight as Brett Bodine, Jimmy Spencer and Derek Cope were the cars most noticeably involved, although there is extensive damage now to the left side of the Miller Genuine Draft car for Rusty Wallace. Jim Phillips,
6: what are they working on? The hood is really bowed on this car, the left side of it anyway. It doesn't look as though there's any chassis damage. They put a string on the left side to make sure the left side wheels were straight and they are so it's cosmetic damage for Rusty Wallace, but it can hurt you here at Bristol.
3: We saw a tire change for Dave Marcus. We had mentioned that he had been dropping back very, very quickly and repeated pit stops of Brett Bodine on the back straightaway, along with Derek Cope and Jimmy Spencer. By the way, the right guard halfway challenges back today, back all season, as a matter of fact, and this year it could make a winner out of you. The driver who leads at the halfway lap today will win $10,000. And every time a driver wins, you can win at home. Stay tuned for details here on MRN Radio this afternoon, because you could win a Pontiac Grand Prix SE during today's Valleydale Meets 500.
2: Rusty Wallace is back in the pits. They continue to work on that damaged sheet metal on the left side and the front of his car. And Derek Cope's car spent some time in the back pits. He is back on the speedway. Most of the damage on Derek's car confined to the left side, so pit stops here early this afternoon. We're still under caution as we're cleaning up over there in that corner for the accident that happened over in turn number three just a moment ago.
3: Here in the early going of the Dalliedale Meets 500, we've already seen a pretty good run for driver Ernie Irvin. Got the quick jump on Jeff Bodine and continues to lead, obviously here under caution. And remember, Ernie ran well here
7: last year driving for D.K. Ulrich. We did. We uh, led our first ones cup race here, led 50 or 60 laps, and I uh, was leading when we blew a tire out, but uh, You know, feel real good. We tested here, you know, ran real competitive. You know, the times weren't right up to speed, but compared to everybody else, we were real quick and uh, really feel we got a good shot at the pole with the Kodak Films Oldsmobile.
3: And indeed he did. Ernie went out and made his words stand up, winning his very first bush pole position. Let's check back in the Brett Bodine pit area. He's pitting along the back straightaway here at Bristol. Dick Brooks, what are they working on?
4: Well, they got a little bit of frame damage right in the left rear corner, and that's right where the oil tank's set. They uh, are taking away the sheet metal. Doesn't look to me like that there's a lot of damage there uh, uh, to the body anyway. He does have a nice skint mark just in front of the tire. So he might have got a little bit of help on that uh, turnaround. Nobody's saying anything yet. They're all working on it. But I think the car's going to be in decent
2: shape. Alan Kawicki has made a couple of pit stops also as they continue to work on his car and put him back onto the racetrack. Looks like the indication now from Harold Kinder, one more lap and we will go back to green.
3: If you didn't catch our broadcast yesterday, LD Ottinger picked up the victory in the Budweiser 250 for the Busch Grand National cars here at Bristol. Popular win because LD is just about an hour up the road in Newport, Tennessee. Dale Jarrett was second, Kyle Petty third, Mark Martin fourth, and Dale Earnhardt coming home in fifth spot. Bobby Labonte, who started on the pole, ended up uh, a bit further down than he'd like. He was an eighth place finisher, but that was still good enough for him to maintain his point lead in the Busch Series by 25 points over Jimmy Hensley. Next stop for the Busch Grand National Series will be the Lanier Raceway in Gainesville, Georgia in a couple of weeks time.
2: Single file restart as the pace car moves in behind the pit wall. They come down and Harold Kinder waves the green flag and Ernie Irvin takes off and Jeff Bodine hangs right with him. This time just about three or four feet separate the two as they work over to turn number two on this restart.
12: Single file on back to the field except for back about the tenth position where Ricky Rudd dives to the inside of the Bill Elliott car. Those two race side by side here on the back straightaway and side by side they take it back into turn three. Back in single file formation all the way back to about 12th spot where now Ricky Rudd will get a single file just behind Bill Elliott and ahead of Terry Labonte. The lead cars work off turn two. Irvin leads the way. Bodine is there now peeking to the inside and Bodine pulls even with Irvin in
2: turn three. Bodine wastes no time. He really stood on it made a move going into the corner and gets the lead. Jeff Bodine is in front as Sterling Marlin slides around Irvin also and will go up into second spot, dropping Ernie back to third. Fourth right now is Mark Martin, and fifth is Kyle Petty. Rick
12: Mass next to nine. He's in the sixth position while further back, Terry Labonte drops down to the inside of the racetrack, trying to make a move around Bill Elliott, but he's actually losing ground. Elliott gets by him. Now Kenny Schrader goes to work on Terry Labonte. Elliott basically pushing Ricky Rudd through the corners, also in the Levi Garrett Chevrolet. Right behind Elliott and
3: Rudd, you've got Schrader going to the high side of Labonte, making that banking work for him off turn two.
12: Closer to the front of the field, Mark Martin trying to make a move to the outside of the Ernie Irvin car, coming off turn two. He quickly, though, got back
2: in line. He holds fourth. Two cars that are really trying to work their way to the front. Darrell Waltrip made a move there just a moment ago on Dale Jarrett trying to get a little closer and so did Dale Earnhardt. Earnhardt's car kicking up a little bit through both ends of this racetrack. They're back in three. Directly ahead of Earnhardt, the Morgan Shepherd car. He now bypasses Dick
12: Tricklin, picks up a position, falls in line behind Rick Mast. The lead cars come off turn number four. Back to the
3: start-finish line. Second place, Sterling Marlin. He'll cover the inside against a charging Ernie Irvin. The lead still held by Jeff Bodine. Let's check back in with Dick Brooks out on pit road.
4: We brought Brett Rodine's car back into the garage. They're going to do a lot of work to the back of it. Brett, what happened?
9: Oh, Alan Kawicki must have hit me from behind and put me in the wall and got the rear clip over the car. All
4: right, well, they're pushing it on out of the way. He was sitting in the driveway. But he got a little nudge back there, all right. Uh, they got him turned around.
2: Alan Kowicki has not been a popular feller in the last few races He's involved in the incident also in the finish at Atlanta a few weeks ago. As they work back out of turn number two, the leader is Jeff Bodine. As he works down the back straightaway, Ernie Irvin determined to get back up there and get the lead away. Mark Martin hangs on to third. Fourth is Kyle Petty. Fifth, the car that is on the move is Earnhardt. Here comes the charge for the lead door-to-door battle as they work back into turn number one Irvin down to the inside Bodine on the high side Irvin's got the spot down on the inside Bodine though battles back on the
12: outside here's Irvin spinning off turn number two he made contact with Bodine the car spun around twice barely glancing against the wall down on the inside and he keeps it going he almost had it saved the very first time and I was really curious to see as we remain under
3: green there is no caution as Ernie Irvin pulls away there is damage to the left front of that automobile I was curious to see how Ernie would react here this weekend, he can't obviously say anything about one individual spin on the racetrack I was curious though Barney how he would react in the aftermath of the incident at Darlington a weekend ago when he and Kenny Schrader were battling at the front of the line and that brought about a
12: 15 car spin off the turn Ernie heads to pit road and Earnhardt's battling for third and turn three down to the inside of Kyle Petty he sweeps right by him and now here comes Dale Jarrett also getting by Kyle
2: Petty so Earnhardt moves up to third position as on pit road is Ernie Irvin let's get the story there
6: he brushed the wall with the left front midrun. and Kate on the left front tire, they're repairing that. Also, the left rear quarter panel is smashed in, they're putting on two new tires and it's gonna be down and away. Rusty Wallace's problem just a while ago was not only the hood, the hood pins have broken off, so they have these rubber bungee cords holding the hood down, so we might keep an eye on that for Rusty Wallace.
2: So Ernie Irvin's chance of winning here this afternoon, he's really going to have to play some catch up. He's lost at least a couple of laps and may lose another one as the leaders come out of turn number four. Looking down to the inside this time on Jeff Bodine, Mark Martin had a thought of going after it, but Martin's going to have his hands full with Earnhardt. They're back to two. A couple of Fords up front. Jeff Bodine and Mark Martin and the Chevrolet of Earnhardt breaks loose,
12: spins around off turn two. Earnhardt completely loops it around, just as the other car of Ernie Irvin did a couple of laps ago. Earnhardt tags the wall at the into the back straightaway the car sits there as he tries to refire it
2: caution is on the speedway it'll be the second one this afternoon that is a slippery corner over there at turn number two as dale earnhardt loops his around skids all the way down the back straightaway backwards now gets the car fired caution is on the racetrack we'll be back in a minute dale earnhardt was on pit road just a moment ago let's see what they did to his car
4: well i'm gonna have to do uh, quite a bit to it actually he hit pretty hard in fact he hit right straight in front of me i was on the back straightaway and uh he spun up off the turn Come down through there, and he didn't catch it quite quick enough to bring it all the way around. And he crunched pretty hard in the right rear. Uh, He's got a blown left rear, and uh, sheet metal pushed up in there. But he was standing, like I said, just a few feet from me. And uh, I was just across pit row, and he hit the wall pretty hard. Ernie Irvin come off the turn, and he got down inside. He just got a little bit loose and got away from him. But... uh, uh, and he, you know, he didn't have a whole lot of racetrack. Dale Earnhardt had, had all the racetrack and the car still slid up under him. It's awful slick over in the
2: second turn. They do what they can on Earnhardt's car, send him back onto the speedway. Meanwhile, Ernie Irvin is some three laps down. From the Bristol International Raceway, this is MRN Radio.
3: Back under green here at Bristol. Dale Earnhardt's car still laboring on the racetrack. He is already two laps down. He makes one lap now and has come back into the attention of Kirk Shilmerdeen, Richard Childress, and the crew. A lot of repairs continuing to the GM Goodwrench Chevrolet. Meanwhile, at the front of the field, Ernie Irvin has gotten around Jeff Bodine. So Ernie is almost a full three laps down. He is two plus almost an entire additional lap down. The man on the move, though, two men actually, Sterling Marlin and Dave. Jarrett they've got a great battle going for third spot the leader is Jeff Bodine then Mark Martin followed by Jarrett and Sterling Marlin Alongside Barney Hall, I'm Eli Gold with Joe Moore, Jim Phillips, and Dick Brooks. Our engineers are Harry Howard and Clay Stalka and the man still on the move, Barney, is Dale Jarrett.
2: He has just eased up into the number two spot right now as they came through turns three and four. Also, Sterling Marlin trying to take away the third position from Mark Martin. He had a fender alongside, but he couldn't do anything with him. They're out of turn two. Sterling
12: tried to put it down on the bottom of the racetrack coming off turn four, but had to get in behind the Mark Martin car. Now the man on the move is Darrell Waltrip. Just behind Marlin and Martin is Waltrip trying to move up on Kyle Petty Darrell goes to the inside of Kyle bypasses
3: the peak Pontiac. Meanwhile Dale Earnhardt makes one lap each time and then comes right back into the attention of the crew. So he is going four and five and further laps down each and every time he comes in for service. Let's go down to pit road again.
4: Well I think he's going to have to uh, just stay here until they get the problem fixed. They put on a new tire. It's rubbing something in the back and they rub it off. They put on another new tire another hole in it. They've also got some weight knocked out of the left side tire and the NASCAR official is going to force them to put that weight back in the car, by a couple pieces of lead, so they I think they're probably going to decide just to sit here and work on this thing until they get something fixed.
2: So it's going to be a long day here at Bristol for Dale Earnhardt after going for two wins in a row and going for the third one here this afternoon. He currently sits in the pits as they work on the car. Now they drop the jack and send him back on the racetrack with still a lot of work left to do on the machine. The leader is Jeff Bodine. As Eli said, when we came on the air junior Johnson has had more wins at this racetrack over the years than any two or three teams put together for that matter. But the guy that's given a car really a run here this afternoon in the Wood Brothers Sitco Ford is Dale Jarrett. He's challenging for the lead as he comes out of turn number four took a look on the outside a half a car link back as they work back to turn number one
12: seems like Dale Jarrett tries to the inside down in turns one and two but he tries to the outside off three and four this time off two, he peeks down to the inside of Jeff Bodine as they get to the end of the back straightaway though back in single file. Now he'll try again looking to the inside. Boy, they just
3: about nudge each other coming off the number four corner. If they didn't, then it was as close as one could possibly get without
12: nudging the next man. Jarrett still hounding away on Jeff Bodine's rear deck. Right on his tire tracks this time as they hit the back straight away. Single file. It's Jeff Bodine, then Dale Jarrett, the Mark Martin, Martin car, followed by Sterling Marlin and Darrell
2: Waltrip up to fifth. If you get too aggressive here at Bristol, particularly in the early going, you're going to pay a price for it. We've seen that already today in the early going here. We're only some 46 laps into the event. We've had a couple of caution flags. Dale Earnhardt is nursing a damaged car. Car. Brett Bodine has gone behind. Trouble on the
12: back straightaway. Bill Elliott gets spun around. He was directly ahead of the Ricky Rudd car. May have got a little tap as he came off the corner. He was working down to the inside of the racetrack. He spins, ends up here at the back of the back straightaway, at the end of the back stretch. That is at the same place where Dale Earnhardt made
2: contact with the inside wall just several laps ago. Just what we're talking about, how easy it is to get in trouble here at Bristol, even by yourself or r- racing with somebody, if that car comes out from under you, the trouble spot today in the early going has been turn number two. Here's Elliot out of turn number four. The car almost spun out again. There's smoke trailing from it. Apparently has a tire down. He's going to nurse it on around the speedway to get onto the pits. And here comes the onslaught onto pit road. The leader is in the pits. Let's go down to Jim Phillips.
6: Jeff 09 is in the pits, they're going to go to the right side of the Budweiser Ford. First of all, it's going to be a four-tire change for these teams, also Mark Martin, Kyle Petty, and Dick Trickle, Sterling Marlin, and the Bud Moore team of Morgan Shepherd. all of this in the pit road, they're changing four tires and putting in Unical gasoline here on lap 48.
2: Dick Brooks.
4: Dale Jarrett was in, uh, Woods Brothers got him out in a hurry, changed his tires, filled him up with gasoline, got him going. Bill Elliott's coming in, he got uh, two flat rear tires and maybe a flat front tire. Uh, I think everybody's going to try to get four tires, get as much fuel as they can and get us another shot at this racetrack.
8: We're
2: going to see everyone in the pits taking advantage of this third caution flag of the afternoon. We'll be back in a moment. <laughs>
1: He is the envy of the racing world. I assumed that Ryan, Bubba, and Chase were all busy, and I was the next in the (laughs) pecking order. She goes way back. When did you meet? Seventh grade, sixth grade? No, ninth grade.
0: That was a minute ago. And he just wants to be friends. Are we friends? No. It's the Sunday Money Podcast. Join Corey LaJoy, Daryl Mott, and Lauren Fox as they detail what it's like to live the racing lifestyle both on and off the track. Download and subscribe to Sunday Money on iTunes, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. It's butts and nuts jammed in there.
1: Today's Valleydale 500 on MRN Radio is sponsored by Unical. The winning spirit rides with you every time. It's the spirit of 76. By Armor Star Canned Meats, America's choice for the great outdoors. By Baby Ruth, the official candy bar of Junior Johnson. By Gatorade. Gatorade gives your body what it's thirsty for. And by Planner's Nuts and Mr. Peanut, proud sponsor of Travis Carter's Nuts. Number 98.
3: We are back under green here at Bristol Raceway. Some teams elected to make pit stops, others did not. Consequently, the leader is Bobby Hillen Jr. In the second spot now is Ken Schrader. Running in third is Rob Moroso. Fourth place belongs to Dave Marcus, and Dale Jarrett is in fifth. The other car running with those lead automobiles is Jimmy Spencer. The Heinz of Pontiac now being shown three laps in arrears as we work the 54th lap here at Bristol Raceway. Just joining us, we have seen three caution flags already. And Dick Brooks is standing where they have taken the Bill Elliott machine behind the pit wall, Dick.
9: Bill,
4: this is not a good place to be. What happened?
9: Well, I got down on the low side coming out of turn two. There's a lot of rubber built up down there. And it just spun out before I knew it. And it looks like that's what happened to Earnhardt and several other cars. You cannot run low coming out of turn two.
4: Yeah, same thing happened. That just seemed like it's sliding out from under him.
9: Is the rest of the track OK? Well, it seems to be over oh, the rest of the pretty good as long as you run high, but you can't run in that lower groove. You'll snap a back in out front of the car.
4: Oh, he sure did. He did a lot of damage to it back here, too. They're working on it feverishly, trying to get him back in. One thing you can do at this race, it takes so long to run it that you can set out for 20 or 30 laps or 50 laps and fix something, go back in, still got a lot of points. I was standing in a Dale Earnhardt pit as they were working on his car. They had to get a torch out to do some work on it. And Danny Myers, the uh, gas man for the crew, uh, for the crew, uh, uh, got on fire, and they had a pretty good fire going for a while. They got him put out; didn't hurt anything. They, those guys wear uh, the flame-tired suits just like uh, uh, the drivers do which is another good thing for NASCAR
2: uh, trouble in turn number three Derek Cope has slammed into the wall hit the outside wall the car comes across the racetrack down to the apron of the track out of turn number four but he has done some damage to that race car this time that right front tire is caved in on the sheet metal in fact the front wheel right front is totally locked up as he works his way on around the racetrack but he got out of traffic and the track apparently is clean. Oops, I say that too quickly because here comes the caution flag. The fourth one of the afternoon. Let's go over to Joe Moore.
12: Derek Cope was racing along with a couple other lapped cars. Jimmy Spencer was there. Also the Ernie Irvin car. They were trying to get back as much time or as much ground as they could from some of the race leaders, and they were running up to speed. He just got kind of squeezed to the outside. The car shot up to the outside wall, and you can see the marks along the Winston Cup Series sign there in turn number three, where he hit the wall pretty hard. Several pieces of metal came off the race car, rolled down onto the speedway, and that's the
2: reason for the caution, the debris here in turn three. He did get the car to the pits and the team is working on it. They too will try to make any repairs they can to get him back out there to salvage some kind of a finish. He was running some three laps down when he hit the wall over there in turn three. And talk about a tricky racetrack. (laughs) Boy, this has been a slippery one today and just less than what, 61 laps of some 61 laps are being shown on the scoreboard. And already a host of good cars have been damaged here. Brett Bonine has gone behind the wall. Bill Elliott's car is being attended to behind the wall. Rusty Wallace has damage. Derek Cope has a very badly damaged race car. Jimmy Spencer suffered some damage earlier here this afternoon. Dale Earnhardt's car continues to sit on pit road as they work on it. Let's get a report from the pits right now. Dick Brooks. Well, they're trying to just get the car where he can drive it. You know, this point thing is very, very critical, and they're doing the best they can to, to
4: get him all the, all the laps they can get. Uh, Ricky Rudd came in and changed four tires on his car, got him back out on the racetrack, so he's having a little handling problem himself. Ernie Irvin just come in down towards Jim Phillips.
6: Well, on the back pits over here, Jimmy Means is in for four tires and gasoline. They're also waiting on Jimmy Spencer. He got a couple of laps down, they want to put up fresh tires on
2: his car. Dick Trickle will bring his car into the pits right now and also Dave Marcus who did not pit a moment ago as Eli pointed out there now will bring his car in for some service and Michael Waltrip's going back onto the racetrack.
3: So we are under caution if you don't remember this race a year ago we ended up with 20 caution flags for 98 laps but we also had 34 lead changes among 16 different drivers. So you see a little bit of everything here at Bristol Raceway next weekend of course it's the Easter Sunday break for the NASCAR Winston Cup Tour. Two weeks from today we'll be talking to you from enix staley's north wilkesboro speedway in north wilkesboro north carolina they run the first union 400 there and the schedule on mrn in two weeks time friday april the 20th the bush poll show will be on the air at five o'clock eastern time alan barney and jim will be along to bring you all the recap of bush pole position qualifying saturday april the 21st we'll have a pit road preview for you at 4 30 eastern time and then two weeks from today sunday april the 22nd the first union 400 12 eastern time will be the air time here on mrn radio the month of april will wrap up at clay earl's beautiful martinsville speedway the haynes 500 april the 29th in the month of may The Winston Cup cars will be in Talladega, Alabama, May the 6th for the Winston 500. Of course, May the 27th, the Coca-Cola 600 in Charlotte in June. We'll be joining you from Dover, Delaware for the Budweiser 500 June 3rd, June 10th the Banquet Foods 300 at Sears Point out in Sonoma, California, the Miller 500 June 17th in Pocono, the Miller 400 from Brooklyn, Michigan, Michigan International Speedway June the 24th, and then back to the World Center of Racing, Daytona Beach, Florida July 7th for the Pepsi 400. Bobby Hillen getting the signal of one to go as the race leader here at Bristol. Bobby Hillen said earlier this season he should be winning a whole lot more than he is right now. But it's just not easy.
13: Well, that's right. And, uh, you know, the, the thing of it with me is that I've had to learn everything right here in front of everybody. And uh, I came here when I was uh, 18 years old. I've, I've got my experience in NASCAR. And so it's it's been a little bit difficult on me. But, you know, there's been other guys that's. you uh, You know, Rusty's been around for a long time before he started winning. You know, people forget that when you start winning, so I'm not really worried about that. I think we're going to win some races this year, and I think that when it comes, uh, it's just going to be a natural thing, and and, uh, that's going to be it.
4: Bobby
3: Hillen, Jr. has a pretty good uh, advisor, too, in Harry Hyde. If you're going to have somebody calling the shots uh, for a younger driver,
2: Harry would be the guy you want to have. He is one of the best coaches in this business, along with Bud Moore. We'll take a break, and we'll be back in a minute. 67 laps complete. We're under green here again at Bristol, Tennessee. Bobby Hillen Jr. is the leader. Still out there chasing him right now is Kenny Schrader. But the car that everyone is taking a look at right now is Dale Jarrett. He's in the Wood Brothers car this afternoon driving for Neil Bonnet, who is recuperating at home in Alabama. And here he comes down to the inside of Schrader out of turn number four, going for the number two spot. They cross the start finish line back into the turn exactly in a dead heat Schrader goes up the banking a it gives him plenty of racing room Jarrett slips
12: around picks up that spot that's the second position now for Dale Jarrett Brett Bodine and
3: Bill Elliott almost at the exact same time now come out from behind the pit wall. So erase any of the names on your attrition list. We're back to the full 32 cars that started the event now running on the speedway again. The leader is Bobby Hillen pulling away from Dale Jarrett heading to three
12: In third is
2: Kenny Schrader fourth now the Jeff Bodine car fifth is Robbie Moroso. They're all in single file for now back in sixth place right now. That is Sterling Marlin. in seventh place is Mark Martin. Eighth is Rick Wilson. Ninth is Daryl Waltrip and Morgan Shepard round out the top ten. They're out of turn number two and up the back straight. Single
12: file once again, except for Jeff Bodine up towards the front of the field. He's in the third spot, putting some pressure now on the Kenny Schrader car. Goes to the inside up in turn four. So Jeff Bodine makes the downstairs move
3: to bypass Schrader at the same time. Sterling Marlin makes a similar move inside of Rob Moroso to grab a position. The leaders down the back straightaway as Jarrett closes in on Bobby Hill. And if you're keeping tabs on Jimmy Spencer and the Ernie Irvin car, each man is one lap, almost a full two laps down. That's the current word from NASCAR timing and scoring as we are 73 laps complete in the Valleydale 500 from the Bristol International Raceway this is MRN Radio. We are at Bristol Raceway in Tennessee, and the battle for the lead is a good one, heading to turn three.
12: Dale Jarrett tries to get underneath. Bobby Hillen Jr., so far not able to do it. He'll try again in
2: turn four. He's got a fender alongside out of turn number four. Was there for a second. The car slipped a little bit, and he had to tuck back in single file, but that battle is far from being over there over to turn two. Jarrett tries to work on him again. Coming off the corner, he'll peek to the outside
12: as they get on the back straightaway. Quickly, though, fall back in single file. Up in turn number three, Jarrett right up in his bumper. He'll peek to the outside. As they work themselves off the number four corner, I'm looking at some, uh, what
3: seems to be right front tire smoke from the Alan Kowicki car. He'll lose a position now to Kyle Petty as that smoke billowed again coming off the number four corner and Kowicki had to wrestle his car off the outside near the retaining wall. Meanwhile, 79 laps on the board. If you're following Bill Elliott, he is on the racetrack 22 laps down. We told you Brett Bodine returned. He is 57 laps down as the battle for the lead is on the backstretch.
12: Hillen brings him off turn number two once again. Jarrett's right there with him, not trying to take a move as of yet. Back into the corner, right on his
2: tire tracks as they exit four out of turn number four. They scramble back into the front straightaway, and the fans have had something to cheer about with two brand new names sort of at the front end of the field here this afternoon of the Valleydale 500 with Bobby Hill pacing the field right now. They've opened up uh, quite a bit of daylight on third, fourth, and fifth place as they work out of turn number four. Dale Jarrett again prefers to run a little bit high through turns three and four. And perhaps here in a minute we can get a word from his pit. They've got to be awfully happy with the run. It looks like the Wood Brothers of old in that pit stop just a moment ago. They were first off the pit road. And they were one of the first teams in this business over the years to come up with those 14 and 15 second pit stops. And they're doing their work here today and it's paying off for them.
3: Dale Jarrett had a super run in the Bush Series race here yesterday battling with LD Ottinger for the victory going down to the stretch. I asked Dale if you have to drive this track differently in the heavy Winston Cup car versus the lighter Bush Series car.
0: Yeah you sure do. It kind of be like uh, driving a uh, uh, small Honda or something up the mountains uh, where you live and, and driving a transfer truck around and you, you know it's about that much difference uh, in the weight. A
12: bush car here you just drive practically wide open. You you barely get out of the throttle and back in it
13: wide open and you just a Winston Cup car you have to use some brake here and, and you can't drive it as deep into the corners and of course with the horsepower that they put out now uh, you know, it's not a flat
12: foot situation off the corner uh, because you'll be in trouble. You run so fast here but uh, I think it is fun uh, once you get in in the race and and get a groove going uh, to run a Winston Cup car here and and because of all the power that you do have uh, but you can can really get a good line going around here it's just uh, unfortunately there's usually just one good line and uh, there's usually other people there so you have to kind of make your way into that But Dale's enjoying his
3: run right now. He is in a strong second spot behind the race leader Bobby Hillen. Dale Earnhardt is back on the racetrack. He is 44 laps down after the extensive damage to the good Goodwrench Chevrolet.
12: The lead battle is on the backstretch. Jarrett tries to draw a line down to the inside of Bobby Hillen. He had cooled it there for a little while, just kind of following Hillen around as they pick their way through traffic. But that time off turn number two, he heated it up a bit, tried to go down to the inside. He'll follow in the tire tracks of Bobby Hillen as again they climb the banking of turn number one right behind
2: him looking down to the inside this time off turn two but still Jarrett doesn't make his move and closing in and now within one and four tenths of that front battle up there is Jeff Bodine who is third he's reeling in the front two they've got clear racetrack in front of them right now so if Jarrett has anything under the hood that he can use he's got plenty of time to do it before they catch another pack of traffic takes a look at him again over in turn three tries to pull up alongside as he go into turn number three and Jarrett's not going to give up this time he pulls
12: dead even with Hillen all four coming off the turn they touch Hillen goes to the outside Retaining wall, he scrubs
3: the wall, keeps it in a straight line. Dale Jarrett leads the valley dale 500. Bobby Hillen now relegated back to second spot to Pitt Road. I
4: tell you, Leonard Woods standing here watching that, Leonard, that's uh, looks like days of old, right there. Well, he's doing a real good job, a long way, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of traffic out there. He's just doing a fantastic job. So when they hit right in front of us, I was standing there with Leonard side by side. I turned and looked at him. He just shook his head and just laughed. He thought, boy, that was a good time.
2: Imagine They're pretty happy with the way that car is running here this afternoon. So Dale Jarrett in the Sitco Ford of the Wood Brothers is the leader. If you just joined our broadcast, we're 92 laps into the Valley Dale meets 500. Bobby Hillen, who got outside into that wall on that pass there just a moment ago, has scrubbed the right side of the car. Doesn't appear to have damaged it all that much, but he is in the number two place. Back in third, still Jeff Bodine. Fourth, it looks like Kenny Schrader. And fifth is going to be Sterling Marlin. We'll take a short break and we'll be back in a minute.
0: citywide to countryside, whatever you drive, wherever you go. Hercules Tires has the value, selection, and industry-leading warranty to get you there, no matter where the road takes you. To learn more, visit HerculesTire.com. Hercules Tires, ride on our strength.
1: O'Reilly Auto Parts offers O'Rewards points in-store and online. Earn points on everything from replacement parts to tools and accessories. And for every 150 points collected, you'll get a $5 reward. Earn points any way you shop. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices, every day.
0: O, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts
3: we are live at bristol raceway in tennessee eli gold along with barney hall the entire mrn crew is on hand for live coverage of the valleydale meets 500 Bobby Hillen currently running in the second spot behind the race leader Dale Jarrett and Jarrett is pulled away to a comfortable advantage. Comfortable if you call two and a half seconds an edge but in light of how Bristol normally goes that is a very comfortable lead. Third spot is held by Jeff Bodine. Fourth is Kenny Schrader. Fifth place now is Sterling Marlin. Mark Martin is sixth seventh place Rick Wilson in the dinner Bell Food Lion machine. He's running a strong seventh right now. Right behind him is Morgan Shepard in eighth place and further back a pretty good tussle as Darrell Waltrip makes a move in and around Rob Moroso trying to chase down Terry Labonte for position here 103 laps into the
11: Valleydale meets
2: 500. Good strong run for Darrell here this afternoon and I asked him yesterday would a win turn this team around?
11: Right now I don't even have to win I just like to finish on the lead lap. You know we've been to five races we haven't finished on the lead lap yet and uh, had had some good runs you know Atlanta we were running pretty decent Uh, we were a little bit behind but finally got the car sorted out and was able to run up there and and challenge and try to get some laps back and then a battery went dead and uh just different stuff at different places that you can't really control and and like i say when you when you get down a little bit it don't take a whole lot more to just keep you down you know but i give my guys credit uh, they keep flogging away and they haven't uh, they haven't given up
2: Darrell Walters having a pretty strong run here this afternoon and Bristol has certainly been his cup of tea over the years just past the 100 lap mark 106 go up on the scoreboard right now and Dale Jarrett driving for the Wood Brothers this afternoon continues to set a blistering pace for them here on this slippery, tricky racetrack. If you just joined our broadcast, we told you a little bit earlier, quite a few of the cars have already sustained some damage. Brett Bodine is out of it, but he went back out of the racetrack after spending a lot of time behind pit wall. Rusty Wallace has some damage. So does Derek Cope, Jimmy Spencer, Dale Earnhardt, and Bill Elliott. And the last report we had a moment ago, I think Eli you said that Earnhardt was still some 43 laps down. Right. He is out there trying to make up a few and post all the Winston Cup points he can. But it's not going to be a good day here for Dale Earnhardt after reeling off two wins in a row. 108 laps are on the board as Jarrett continues to just ease around this racetrack. I think the sleeper we're looking at right now is going to be Jeff Bodine. Junior Johnson I'm sure and Tim Brewer down there saying hey cool it," because he was right up in the front of the pack a moment ago dicing for the lead back and forth and running in the top three or four he's found a pace he can live with right now and that's exactly what he's doing
3: yeah Jeff is right there following Bobby Hillen around this racetrack getting to the one side or the other side of race traffic not forcing the issue because you don't want to do that here at Bristol and still Dale Jarrett continues to show the way He had touched base early with Leonard Wood you know one thing that goes overlooked by a lot of the race fans we talked with Dale Jarrett about it earlier in the when you have to come in as an injury replacement for a race car driver what has to go on Leonard Wood how do you make a change midweek from the size of a Neil bonnet for instance to a car that can accommodate one like a Dale Jarrett
11: well usually you know uh, well Neil came up and uh, they we put his seat in you know we've hit him uh, right off and then uh, of course Dale had to have his seat moved back uh, some and then he had to have the exterior column uh, move back some because it um, you know he's a lot taller
3: than Neil is. I remember the time as Leonard was telling us during the rain delay here on Friday about the time Morgan Shepard had to climb into a race car for the Wood Brothers mid-race to replace
11: Kyle Petty. Kyle got sick and, he, and we needed relief so Morgan was there and uh, we put Morgan in and uh he went around the pace lap and he came back in he said he couldn't reach a gas pedal you know, with his foot so he taped two before four on a block on it uh, real quick like and uh, he w- went out around several good laps and then he began to slow down some and uh, the block fell off and then of course he you know got down in the seat trying to reach it and you know, got uh, in a terrible position so he finally had to quit. And at the
3: same time, Phil Parsons, when he climbed into the Skoll car this weekend to replace Harry Gant, they had to make some changes there, right, Phil? Really not too much. Uh, the seat fits pretty good, but Harry breaks with his
5: right foot, whereas I break with my left foot. And so we just have to move the pedals, but Andy and Charlie are, are getting ready to do that now, and it shouldn't take really five minutes to do that. And... Uh, and then it would be pretty good
3: really. Little stuff, Barney, we don't really think about Uh, a guy can't reach the gas pedal or somebody breaks with one foot versus the other. Little things that have to be done to accommodate a new driver coming in as an injury replacement or in the case of Phil, subbing for Harry Gantt, whose dad uh,
2: passed away earlier in the week. And they don't have all that much time to get it done when they come to race and roll the car off the truck. Dale Jarrett's going to be caught up in some traffic. He is just moving into a big pack of traffic here out of turn number four as he's just moved around Phil Parsons, the driver you talked about a little bit earlier. Is He works back to turn number one, has an advantage now of better than three seconds. But Joe Moore, some of the best racing we've been watching here this afternoon, going back for about 11th position there.
12: Back in the field, there's some real good dicing for positions going on. And, of course, some of the leaders having to deal with some of the lap traffic as well. Watching Darrell Waltrip is running in about the 10th position further behind him. Some of the lap cars separating him from Kyle Petty and another pack of cars. That's where a good battle's been going on between Ricky Rudd and Rob Moroso. Rudd's been trying to draw a line down to the inside to bypass Moroso. But again, Moroso, the champion of the Busch Grand National Circuit last year, he's had some good luck at the speedway as well. He knows how to hang on. Up in turn number two, another example of that. Moroso drifts a little bit high Rudd almost got the line underneath him, but quickly Moroso pinched him off, holds onto the position for now. As Bill Elliott told us, so if you get to
3: the low side of the racetrack, it's not really the good way to get off the number two corner. Moroso went high, as Joe mentioned, and really got the good bite uh, coming off the turn. 121 laps are on the board, 121 of 500 that make up the total distance today. And, of course, we have more details for you now on today's right guard halfway challenge contest. The halfway lap, lap 250, the driver who wins the right Guard halfway challenge gets $10,000, but you could win a brand new Pontiac Grand Prix SE. To enter the contest, here's the phone number to call: one nine hundred two two six sixty six hundred then stay tuned to our MRN broadcast stay by your phone because after the halfway portion of today's race one sweepstakes entry will be drawn at random and called at home and if you get that lucky phone call you need to be able to name the driver who won the right guard halfway challenge if you can do that you'll win a brand new Pontiac Grand Prix so enter the contest now by calling one nine hundred two two six sixty six hundred you have to call before the halfway lap you have to be at least 18 years old. Enter as often as you'd like, but each call costs 90 cents. The contest is void where prohibited, no purchase necessary. For complete rules or mail and entry forms for the next race, see participating stores where Right Guard is sold or on a three-by-five card, write the words Right Guard Halfway Challenge along with your name, address, and telephone number and send to Post Office Box 9, Hackensack, New Jersey, 07602. Again, we are at lap 125. We are 125 laps away from halfway.
2: From the Bristol International Raceway, this is MRN Radio.
3: We are back with Bristol Raceway in Tennessee, just commenting on Jimmy Spencer returning to the racetrack, but the car continues to smoke as we have a green flag here on lap 177. Back underway, Dave Marcus trying to stay
12: with the leaders. May have a chance to do so here with Kyle Petty leading off the corner. He keeps it right alongside Kyle Petty as he exit turn two, but here at the end of the back straightaway, finally Kyle is
2: able to get around him. Marcus had some good runs here at Bristol, Tennessee. He locks in right behind the leader. That's going to chop Mark Martin back there a couple of car lengths and make his work a little more difficult to get up to Kyle Petty. They're out of turn two. Mark Martin has
12: the second spot again. He's separated from the race leader Kyle Petty by that lapped car of Dave Marcus and third is Sterling Marlin. Fourth the Morgan Shepard car. Fifth is Darrell Waltrip. Those cars work themselves back off the number four corner. Middle of the field Ernie Irvin who was the pole sitter and
3: led early. He is on the lead lap running in 13th spot. 19 cars still on the lead lap as
12: they're back to turn three. All single file once again here on the back straightaway kyle petty there dave marcus is not letting him get away though marcus continues pounding away on the rear deck of kyle's car and trying to get back on the lead lap he follows his tire tracks back off turn number two again and here on the back straightaway marcus looks down to the inside but again falls in behind kyle
2: petty a lot of cars have just been finding a pace they can kind of live with and stay up in that lead lap morgan shepherd is one of those he has currently moved himself up into fourth position overall as he works back into turn number one don't count him out of this thing this afternoon, Sterling Marlin's having a good, solid run. They head back to three.
12: Morgan Shepherd doing a good job working on Sterling Marlin and trying to get around that car. He keeps looking to the inside each time they come off the turn, but unfortunately keeps having to fall back in line. You talked about getting yourself into a rhythm at this
3: racetrack. I asked Kenny Schrader if you can get to some degree of comfort here at Bristol once
4: you get into the rhythm of running lap after lap.
3: Oh yeah, most definitely.
4: Uh, it's a it's a real
9: good track for rhythm because it, it it's you go around it so quick. You know, it's just constant rhythm with. Stuff. Some of the places you know with the long straightaways and stuff, you, you, you lose a little bit of your rhythm. but
4: uh, yeah you can be real comfortable here and uh, then it's when something happens.
3: That's the story. When something happens, we've already had cautions out here eight times today. Davey Allison has made repeated pit stops of late, but he has gotten good service from Robert Gates and the crew. He is still on the lead lap, although he's about a half lap down to the race leaders, but still running on the lead lap here at number 184.
2: Kerry Labonte is having a good solid run here this afternoon also. He's had some pretty good success here at Bristol over the years. Let's go to pit road.
4: Barney Robin Rosso just got
10: out. Short day for you, Rob. What happened? Well, the ground Oldsmobile was running real good. We were still on the late lap, and Just trying to keep out of trouble at this racetrack. Well, I done it turn two, and the two car got in the back of me, just spun me around. I will tell you, everybody's
4: having a lot of trouble here. The track's kind of slick, and it don't take much of a bump. And around you go.
2: We've seen that all afternoon, and I'm afraid we'll see it all the way to the checkered flag. 186 laps are complete. Let's pause 10 seconds on MRN radio for station identification. Kyle Petty continues to get it done here in the Valleydale Meets 500 this afternoon in front of a full house. Watching that race here as they work out of turn number four, Dave Marcus has been able to stay with the leader. Mark Martin can't get anywhere near him because of the Dave Marcus lap car riding right behind Kyle Petty. And third place is still Sterling Marlin. Real tight traffic out of turn two. Here's Marcus diving down to the inside of Kyle Petty. Again, Marcus not
12: on the lead lap. He's trying to get back on the tail end. He does a good job sweeping down to the inside. He picks up the spot in front of Petty. And you were right, Borne. I was harkening back
3: to a few years ago. Dave Marcus gave the leaders all they wanted and then some when he runs here at Bristol. He just kind of gets into a groove and for Marcus it always seems the more laps he runs the better the car comes in here at Bristol Raceway now the battle for the lead evaporates quickly Mark Martin goes down low but Kyle Petty holds him off and here at the stripe it is Sterling Marlin who will try and put Mark Martin further back in the running
12: order Martin got down on the inside of the racetrack he's losing some spots may be a problem for Mark Martin Kyle Petty holds the lead he gets by as well as Sterling Marlin Morgan Shepherd Darrell Waltrip Ricky Rudd now Terry Labonte also going by Mark Martin.
2: I think the problem is for Mark Martin at least part of it there was he kind of pinched the car down real hard he might have done something to it there and also once you get pinched down to that low groove as as slippery as it has been here this afternoon he couldn't get back in line he had no choice but to lose four or five spots coming out of turn number four diving down to the inside give Morgan Shepard the lead he takes it away from Kyle Petty as they work back to turn number one and Darrell Waltrip comes with
13: him.
12: Walter makes a nice move down to the inside of the racetrack sweeping around Kyle Petty as he hit the back straight away. Sterling Marlin leads the way. Morgan Shepard is second. Then it's Darrell Waltrip Kyle Petty and Ricky Rudd. So Sterling Marlin currently being shown as the race leader. Morgan Shepard is now in the
3: second spot third position belongs to Darrell Waltrip and Kyle Petty is in fourth fifth place is now Ricky Rudd Terry Labonte is up into the sixth spot next car in line on the racetrack is seventh place Rusty Wallace ahead of Dick Trickle's car next. As we work, 194 laps, but Sterling Marlin all of a sudden turning up the wick, but he's got Morgan Shepherd right behind him, and Morgan loves this racetrack also as they work the back stretch. Shepard's
12: all over him, coming off the corner, sneaking right up on the rear deck once again down in turn number three. Shepard is there for the time being, though, following the tire tracks of Sterling Marlin.
2: They've really had the momentum going for Morgan Shepherd's team this year, and apparently it is still there this afternoon as he rides right behind. Sterling Marlin out of turn number two. Daryl Waltrip's locked in a three-way battle for the lead. They're back in three.
12: Here they come, heading back to turn number three. Meanwhile, while Dave Marcus has picked up some 10 car links on those front cars again he's trying to work his way back around the racetrack to join the lead battle it's Sterling Martin leading the way Morgan Shepard right behind they both go high Waltrip draws a line a little bit lower on the racetrack off the corner but now he too falls in line on this outside groove in turn three with Dave Marcus back on the lead lap there were now 20 cars
3: on that lead lap those that are in the garage area Alan Kowicki they're still working on his machine Phil Parsons has gone for the afternoon so is Rob Morosho. Derek Cope's purulator car is behind the wall and Jimmy Spencer they were continuing to work on the Heinz of Pontiac that transmission problem that Dick Brooks talked about a short while ago Lap 198 is on the board
2: Marlin takes them back to turn number one those three cars still locked up real tight A half a car length separate first second and third it's about five car lengths back to the fourth place car now Ricky Rudd they're back in three
12: Rudd has the fourth spot then fifth about to maybe five or six more car lengths back is Kyle Penny now after leading to several laps ago he has faded all the way back to that fifth position and is in danger of losing that Terry Labonte is right up on Kyle Petty's rear deck as they come off turn two once again further behind those cars next in line the rusty Wallace car then Dick Trickle Mark Martin Kenny Schrader and Rick Wilson Rick Wilson and the dinner bell food lion machine he is
3: right now hounding away on the tired tracks of Kenny Schrader Wilson had made a look to the inside a few laps ago to try and grab a position but again at this point in the race about 50 laps from halfway discretion is probably the better part of valor at this point Rick just settled back in line although he thinks I believe that he has enough to try and make a drive on Kenny Schrader's car because he drew even before settling back in a single file. A quick update from Pit Road.
6: Kyle Petty's problem according to Gary Nelson could be a slow leak in the tires the reason he's backed off. Mark Martin's problem. The car just got loose when he got up to the outside through, and he just wanted to get a comfortable position to ride in right now.
3: And Jimmy Spencer's back barning, and uh, right now I don't see any more smoke from behind the cars. Maybe they have finally uh, figured out the problem with that uh, rear seal.
2: They put him back on the racetrack, and we don't see any smoke coming out of it, at least temporarily here. 203 laps are in the record book here right now. We'll take a short break, and we'll be right back to Bristol. 206 laps on the board, Morgan Shepard was right in the thick of things and he smacked the wall down in turns number one and two. Let's go to the pit road.
6: And he knocked down the right front tire so he had to bring the motorcraft board in. They changed the right side tires on it and pulled the sheet pedal out. Morgan Shepard a two tire stop.
2: So he has gone down two laps due to the fact that he scrubbed the wall up there. Now he's going to have to play catch-up for a while from the Bristol International Raceway. This is MRN Radio.
3: We have Mike Alexander spinning in turn number one, but no, he goes halfway around and saves it. What a piece of driving for Mike Alexander in the Bobby Allison-owned Raybestos Buick. By all rights, that car should have gone all the way around. Smoke was billing up from the tires, and somehow he wrestled that car back under control, and we remain under green. I'm going to jot that down as one of the peak cool moves of the day right there because Mike Alexander uh, was in far worse shape than many other teams have been here today whose car have gone all the way around on him.
2: good piece of driving too but Jeff Bodine also Davey Allison and Ricky Rudd who was running right along behind him to keep from getting on the binders and kind of bending up some sheet metal also but a close call for Mike Alexander we will stay under green 214 laps are in the book here this afternoon Sterling Marlin shining a lot right now here at this racetrack. As we said earlier, he's had some great runs here over the years. He likes Bristol, has a lot of his fans that come down from the Tennessee area to watch him run. And this afternoon he's putting on quite a show for them. But it's a long ways to go. We're not even near the halfway mark yet. Just 215 laps away from the 250 lap mark that will make up half the distance in the Valleydale meets 500 this afternoon. Daryl Waltrip continues to just hang right in there and kind of pace himself. And he is one of the best in the business at that.
3: He really is. But meanwhile, Kyle Petty, who was running away from the field at one point, had almost lost a lap on the racetrack. And now he is in for service. Let's get an update from his pit. Well, they,
6: first they thought he had a tire going down and then Gary Nelson said they had a vibration. So it, the tire went down so far they started vibrating. They had to make the pit stop. They couldn't go any farther.
3: Kyle has lost two laps on pit road. As we told you before, if you're just joining our broadcast, the cars get around this track so quickly, about 16 seconds a lap, give or take a fraction, that there's almost no way you can stop during the green flag portion of the race and do anything but lose a couple of laps. On your attrition list, we'll tell you that Alan Kowicki is out for the day. They have finally given up the efforts on the x Ford, and Jimmy Means is also gone for the afternoon on the Alka-Seltzer machine. They have parked it a few moments ago. And and say that the car cannot continue. Let's go back to pit road.
6: Checking out the Kyle Petty story further, he has a wheel broken. The right front wheel was broken, and it looked to me like it couldn't last many more laps before it would have broken the center completely out. But they did pit
2: and get it fixed. Nelson, you talked to him as I did, and he says this track will just use up a race car.
13: It certainly is, Barney. You know, we put about everything we can new on a car. Undergar- oh,
3: a hard hit for Rusty Wallace off turn four. The car came up on its right side. It smacked hard against the outside retaining wall and has come to a stop now just past the start-finish line here on the main straightaway. The car came through the number four corner, and all of a sudden the right side of the car lifted right up off its wheels he smacked the retaining wall with basically the bottom side of the car towards the outside wall the car came back down then right on four tires it never did go over at all it spun across the start finish line and has come to a stop some 100 feet or so probably less than that past the start finish line area we are under caution on lap number 221. Caution for the ninth time this afternoon as Rusty Wallace takes a hard, hard hit in his machine coming off the turn. The safety crews are tending to Rusty here on the main straightaway while everybody else is on the pit lane for service. Let's go first to
4: Dick Brooks. Well, Bobby Hillen's coming in. He's getting his tires changed as, I uh, uh, think about everybody. Terry Labonte going to get four tires probably on his car. Dale Jarrett to get four tires on his car. I think everybody's gonna do that. The Rusty Wallace car was something else. I'm standing right dead on the end of pit row and uh, the car hit the wall. I, I, I just happened to be looking that direction. It went up in the wall, and I could see the right side of the car as it turned that far over. I could see all the top of it and the right side of it. It was it was awful lucky it didn't go all the way over.
3: And, Dicky has just jumped out of the car. Rusty Wallace has just jumped out of the car okay. He talks to the safety crew and now hops over the inside retaining wall, and he is walking without any visible problem at all directly to the ambulance. He will have to take that mandatory ride to the care center. A heck of a lick, but Rusty is seemingly okay. Back to the pit stops, Jim Phillips.
6: On this end of pit, road. Your leader, Sterling Marlin, took on four tires. Dick Trickle, Mark Martin, Ernie Irvin, Jeff Bodine, Kyle Petty in for four. Also, Morgan Shepard and Rick Mass. Daryl Waltrip's crew really made a great pit stop, and they beat everybody out of the pits.
2: We'll take a short break, and we'll be back to Bristol in a minute.
3: We are back with you at Bristol Raceway in Tennessee. Those of you who are participating in the right guard halfway challenge, NASCAR has again confirmed that uh, the green flag was still out at the moment that Daryl Waltrip crossed the start finish line to win at halfway. So he does take home the $10,000 as the winner of the right guard halfway challenge. The caution flew a short while later when Dick Trickle spun coming off the number two corner. A lot of work going on all around this racetrack. They're working on the Michael Waltrip car still in the back pit area. Dick Brooks, what are they working on now?
4: Well, they got a lot of work to do. The uh, car hit extremely hard on the right front and uh, all the way down to, all the way down the right side. The rear end slid out from under the car pretty well. Uh, they're trying to get some sheet metal put back in shape uh, or cut off on the right front. And uh, it appears that he busted a wheel, busted the center out of a wheel uh, on the right front wheel. The same thing that happened to Kyle Petty a while ago except they didn't catch it in time.
2: And also, they're now reporting that Dick Trickle is one lap down after his little spin over there in turn number two. Jim Phillips, what's the situation there?
4: Doug
6: Williams, how much damage do you have to your car?
11: Right now, it's just mainly sheet metal damage. The car seems to be driving pretty good, so he says we'll be all right.
6: That's Doug Williams, the crew chief for Dick Trickle.
2: Well, the way things have gone here, it shouldn't be that much problem to make up a lap here. The the number of yellows we've had, if you can kind of get yourself in a position to get a lap back. 255 are on the scoreboard, and an indication from Harold Kinder to the field when they came by a moment ago. Let's go back green and let's do some racing. Double file restart out of the corner. Kyle Petty will be the first car down at the bottom of the racetrack on the off the lead lap, I should say. Daryl Waltrip, the leader, they put him under green, and here we go again, back into turn number one as they haul it off into the corner. Waltrip's gonna try and get away from that traffic, but Kyle Petty's not gonna let him. Bennett does a good
12: job down at the inside of the racetrack going around Darrell Waltrip so he gets back on the tail end of the lead lap Darrell Waltrip the race leader still separated by the second place car of Sterling Marlin by another lap. car of Morgan Shepard
3: there are still obviously some
12: problems on Dick Trickle's car because every time it goes into the turn and
3: leans over in these extreme banks the smoke just billows back off what seems from our vantage point Barney, to be the left rear of the car they'll keep a closer eye on that as well but there is obviously a problem still on Trickle's car the leader back to the stripe Darrell Waltrip directly ahead of him is Kyle Petty. Kyle is still a couple of laps down now one lap down as they work back towards the turn three area.
12: Second car in line or at least the second car in the race presently is the Sterling Marlin car. Then Mark Martin he rides third In fourth is the Dale Jarrett machine in the fifth place is Ricky Rudd. Six is Terry Labonte. Seventh is Ernie Irvin in the eighth spot the Davey Allison car. Ninth now in line looks like will be the Dick Trickle car. He's followed by Jeff
2: Bodine. Leaders go back to turn four. And there's still a little contact going on between Jeff Bodine and Mike Alexander. So that one is far from being over. They may bump bumped each other a time or two in both ends of this racetrack. They do it again here in the front straightaway. At that time, Jeff Bodine got crunched and he is going into the wall in turn number one. Jeff Bodine hits the outside wall and knocks that car all the way down to the bottom of the racetrack. And it's going to be some heated tempers there before this is over. He keeps it in a straight line, and it looks like we will stay under green. But Bodine is limping up toward turn three. The right front
12: tire is down on the car. He's barely moving. There were actually three cars involved in that. Dave Marcus also in the thick of that battle with Dick Trickle and the Jeff Bodine car. Bodine now on the inside of the racetrack, takes it back around to his pit area. But
3: as slowly as he has to go, as Joe documented, the right front has extensive damage. As slowly as Jeff has to go around this racetrack, he's already lost at this second a lap and a half. He's not even gotten to his pit stall and he's going right past it Tim Brewer and the fellows just wave him back behind the pit wall and as he makes the left Jeff is now two laps down and it will obviously to continue to multiply from here but you're right Barney uh, tempers might be a tad
2: short on that one. You can kind of see that one coming also 263 laps are on the board Darrell Waltrip's getting it done for the moment here at Bristol a 10 time winner at this racetrack and he wanted to get his season turned around here this weekend and he might be able to do it. He takes him back to turn two. Waltrip leads the way
12: still in front of him the lap car of Kyle Petty and behind him a lap car that's where Morgan Shepard sits pretty tight right behind Shepard now the second and third place cars they're bumper to bumper Sterling Marlin and Mark Martin along with Dale Jarrett all ride bumper to bumper
3: fifth place runner is Ricky Rudd those are the top five here on lap 265. The quickest lap of the afternoon so far, Kyle Petty's lap of 114.452 miles an hour. That came back on lap 181 here this afternoon. So that's the uh, Holly Farms lickety split lap so far as the quickest of the afternoon as far as a race leader is concerned.
13: They're
2: working on the Budweiser machine behind the pit wall. Let's see if we can get a story there.
6: A lot of damage to the right front, Barney. It's going to be difficult to get this machine fixed because the right front tire is peeled way out to the right. It's going to be a long time before they get it fixed and get it back in.
2: So a lot of severe damage to the Budweiser machine. Any chance they had to win has gone right out the window here with that slam into the wall down in turn number one here just a moment ago. 267 laps are complete. Let's pause 10 seconds on MRN radio for station identification continuing to work on Jeff Bodine's car here this afternoon. The attrition rate has been fairly high, Eli, but not as bad as we have seen it here at this racetrack with some really torn up race cars, particularly in the night race that they run here in July. Jeff Bodine has gone behind the wall. Rusty Wallace, Alan Kowicki, Jimmy Means, Rob Barroso, Phil Parsons, and Alan Kowicki are some of the cars that we are showing out. Plus they're still working on
3: Michael Waltrip's car from our vantage point here. We can see the hood is still up. Let's give you a rundown here as of one lap ago. Let's take you back just a bit. We've talked so much about the leaders because it's been that kind of a race. Daryl Waltrip does lead. Second is Sterling Marlin. Mark Martin is third. Fourth is Dale Jarrett driving in relief of Neil Bonnet, remember, and fifth place is Ricky Rudd. Sixth currently is Terry Labonte. Seventh spot is Ernie Irvin. Eighth is Davy Allison. Ninth position belongs to Kenny Schrader, tenth is Dave Marcus. All of these cars are on the lead lap. Eleventh place is currently Bobby Hillen Jr. And the last car in the lead lap is the Dinner Bell Food Lion Oldsmobile for Rick Wilson. In twelfth spot, one lap down. In thirteenth is Rick Mast. Although Rick is quickly running out of racetrack out there as he climbs the banking more and more each time by, but he's one lap down in thirteenth. Fourteenth, a lap down is Mike Alexander. Fifteenth, a lap down is Kyle Petty two laps down in 16th position is Morgan Shepard and also two laps down in 17th is Richard Petty. That's how we have it as of officially four laps ago. We're now on lap 273
2: from the Bristol International Raceway Trouble on
3: the back straightaway. Before we break away two, three cars together in front of Joe Moore,
12: Mike Alexander and Bobby Hillen Jr. The two cars that get together, they almost collect Rick Wilson. He does a masterful job keeping it way away from those two cars. The cars came off the corner side by side. They spun around sideways. slid all the way down this back straightaway. Alexander's car still sits up
2: against the inside wall. So that is the 11th time this afternoon. We've watched the caution flag fly here at Bristol, Tennessee. That is a situation we may see some more pit stops coming up here in just a moment. From the Bristol International Raceway, this is MRN Radio. Back here at Bristol, Tennessee, and is still under caution as cleanup efforts continue with that tangle again over in the back straightaway. Let's go for an update to Joe Moore.
12: Got a wrecker hooked up to Mike Alexander's car. He stepped out of the car and walked up on the racetrack to see if he could see any of the color of his race car on one of the other race cars as it went by. He shook his head and walked back over to the ambulance under his own power, got in, and they took him back to the infield care center. But they have hooked
2: his car up now to the wrecker and are getting ready to pull it back into the garage. And just get a report also from the... Jeff Bodine car, as work is continuing there, will they be able to get him back in?
6: Now they're trying awfully hard. They're swarming around this car. We're going to see if we can get a word with Jeff. Jeff, what happened?
13: Well, at first, I want to say hi to everyone back home. Kathy Berry, man, I'm okay. No problem. Just took a little lick. Joe old Budweiser Ford's is not doing too good, but they're working on it. Uh, as I just said on television, Dick Bergman and everyone watching there that these conditions we're running under are absolutely ridiculous. Uh, the race has been pretty good but it's been very rough Uh, not any fault of the drivers we're just trying to put a show on out there and and as good as this race has been and as fast as these cars are going it's just a tribute to the winston cup drivers and teams to get to to survive these conditions and i was just trying to survive out there back in that traffic dick trickle uh, lap cars uh, rubbing tires and smoking terrible in front of me i was kind of waiting for him to blow a tire AND NASCAR, I FEEL LIKE, SHOULD HAVE BLACK FLAGGED HIM, GOT HIM OUT OF THE WAY. AND THEN uh, DAVE MARCUS CAME UP THERE TRYING TO PASS ME BECAUSE TRICKLE WAS HOLDING ME UP AND, and GOT IN THAT LOOSE STUFF COMING OFF TURN FOUR AND JUST SLID INTO ME. And I'M NOT BLAMING DAVE BECAUSE WE'RE ALL DOING IT. WE'RE ALL SLIDING. I HIT MIKE ALEXANDER. I WANT TO APOLOGIZE TO HIM BECAUSE WHEN A guy's SLOWER IN FRONT OF YOU, YOU'RE TRYING TO PASS HIM. THAT'S THE NATURE OF THIS BUSINESS. YOU GET DOWN IN THAT LOOSE STUFF, YOU JUST SLIDE. YOU CAN'T CONTROL THE CAR. and. I don't know what to tell everybody. Uh, These guys are doing a great job out here, and I hope there's no more wrecks. Uh, It's been a pretty good race, but I don't believe we should be racing on this racetrack. It's it's very dangerous, and uh, this is the result of that kind of situation. A lot of wrecked cars today. That's Jeff
6: Bodine. They're still working on this uh, Budweiser Ford to try to get him back in the race and get some of those uh, Winston Cup points.
2: Well, we have seen a lot of accidents here this afternoon and a lot of slipping and sliding but that's nothing new for bristol tennessee eli we've been coming here for a lot of years and yeah. it's just it's kind of normal for this particular speedway
3: it really is it's something different here when you talk about short tracks Frank Blankemeyer has joined us here in the booth vice president of marketing for uh, Valleydale Meats Corporation the sponsors of this event and I must I say it every time uh, when you get out there and sing the national anthem before the event you sing it so well people from every country stand up you do a heck of a job
13: well thank you Eli you're very kind <laughs> and uh, we enjoy doing it
3: every
4: year and of course, seriously
3: we, we enjoy sponsoring this race I'm sure seriously it is great you know what? It's nice sometimes you go to a race and it's named after whatever company and you see very little involvement here you must have nobody in minding the, the stores today because every Valleydale employee in the world seems to be at this racetrack today and that's nice to see
13: everyone is working hard and uh, it, it's a, it's a great function for us we we enjoy participating we, we enjoy uh, being here we enjoy having our customers in our friends and of course uh, all the fans of uh, NASCAR racing Frank, he
2: was talking about uh, being involved i saw him involved with about 15 of your hot dogs over there a little bit earlier so you
3: got a good <laughs> Listen, product
13: he, he is the living testimonial for me i tell you this but is what the, a honey
2: weenie can do to
3: you well
13: they're the ones that keep him so slim That's <laughs> <laughs> well
3: thank you good to see you too frank good to see you thank you for
13: all you do for us <laughs> always
3: a pleasure frank blankenmeyer joining us from uh, valleydale meets and that's the truth though seriously born you know it well i mean everybody from valleydale here has these orange hats as a employee identification, if you will, and they are all over this racetrack.
2: They have had an involvement in Stock Car Racing for a long, long time. It goes back a great number of years. and They always do a lot of local promotion and they get everybody involved. The local people here, the fans, whether you're a race fan or not, you're pretty much aware that Valleydale is involved in the race here at Bristol. 282 are on the board. The indication, one more lap and we'll go back to green.
3: Don't forget, two weeks from today is the next action for the Winston Cup Tour. Next weekend being the Easter break, everybody's taking the time off. But in two weeks, we will be at the North Wilkesboro Speedway at a fine racing plant under the direction of Enoch Staley, the first Union 400. push pole qualifying on Friday, April the 20th, Saturday, April the 21st. More practice and qualifying. MRN will be on the air with a pit road preview on Saturday, April 21st. Then two weeks from today, the first Union 400 at the North Wilkesboro Speedway. Broadcast time, 12.45 Eastern on these MRN radio stations.
2: 282 laps are being posted on the Winston scoreboard as the pace car pulls off the banking up in turn number four. We're set to go back to green. A couple of the lap cars up at the head of the pack on that restart will be Kyle Petty and Dale Earnhardt. Darrell Waltrip is the leader. Mark Martin is second third is Sterling Marlin fourth right now is Ricky Rudd they're out of turn two. Walter
12: tries to do away with those lap cars he will pull up on the outside of Dale Earnhardt but will not be able to get by Earnhardt still Kyle Petty his lap car up front then the lap car of Earnhardt followed by the race leader Darrell Waltrip and at this point with Kyle having made the quick move he gets
3: back on the tail end of the lead lap as of our most recent rundown so the only car now being shown a lap down is the Rick mast machine everybody else is either on the lead lap or two laps down or far more than that the leader coming off turn number four Darrell Waltrip he can't shake those behind him though as he's got Mark Martin Sterling Marlin all tied tightly together with him Ricky Rudd is there and again the pole sitter Ernie Irvin back up on the leaderboard in fifth
12: all bumper to bumper here as they make their way off turn number two Waltrip Martin Sterling Marlin followed by the
2: Ricky Rudd car and Ernie Irvin all single file all four got to give a lot of credit to Ernie Irvin he's hung in there after going down early here this afternoon and struggling back a couple of times that pit crew has got him in and out of the pits real quick to keep him up there in contention and it's paid off for him as he is riding up there in the lead pack of traffic.
3: I asked Ernie if this is a confidence-building racetrack for him.
7: Well, it's a short track, so uh, that's my that's my background. So, you know, I'm a little more comfortable on a short track. Um, this is different than any short track we run on. It's a super speedway short track. So, uh, you know, it, it's difficult to get around. It's, it's real difficult when you get 30 cars out there, but just making, you know, one lap or two laps when you have to qualify, it's not too bad, and, um, you know, usually we can get a pretty good lap in. And
3: he really is doing that again, having struggled early. He had the problem earlier in the race and now has worked himself back up to uh, the lead position or lead pack of cars, if you will, running in fifth spot, 288 laps on the board.
2: He comes down underneath Ricky Rudd or at least takes a look under him coming through turns three and four. Couldn't see any daylight there. So for the moment, he'll tuck back in single file in fifth position. Daryl Waltrip pulls him out of turn number two that five car battle for the lead. Keep
12: watching a battle here further back as uh, the sixth place car of Dale Jarrett driving the Wood Brothers machine. He's trying to get around the lap car of Morgan Shepard to track down that front five cars. It would be a six way battle for the lead. Waltrip up front Martin in the second spot then Sterling Marlin Ricky Rudd Ernie Irvin all those cars bumper to bumper then about two car lengths back to the lap car of Morgan Shepard then the sixth place car of Dale Jarrett. Michael Waltrip is back on the racetrack. We told you he was
3: behind the wall earlier. He is- come back and you know you you might laugh and i don't mean to sound disrespectful at all but if my stopwatch isn't lying to me one of the quickest cars in the racetrack again now is dave marcus his car that uh, big apple market sponsored machine has all of a sudden taken off and he is one of the quickest cars if not the single fastest on the track
2: he's always like bristol and he just like he does north wilkesboro when he goes up there these are two of his better tracks he seems to get around here real well he'll find a combination he likes he takes a little higher groove through one and two and he does three and four But he says that keeps the momentum of the car wound up, doesn't bind it up by pinching it down in the corners, and Marcus is getting in some good lap times. Waltrip, meanwhile, works back into turns one and two, and right behind him, half a car length back, waiting for Waltrip to make a slip, is Mark Martin. Martin right
12: on his bumper once again off turn number two. He looks right behind him and sees Sterling Marlin tightening up as well. Waltrip leads the way just barely ahead
2: of Mark Martin off turn four. Walter trying to get back in the groove after the first part of the season certainly has not gone his way. Jake Elder has a pet saying when something goes wrong with any race team, he'll walk up and say, what's wrong? I asked Darrell that yesterday.
11: What's wrong with this car? Oh, Golly, I don't know. Uh, we have just really been struggling. Uh, it's it's kind of one of those deals. Uh, when you get down, uh, you you can't get up. And every time you get up, something else knocks you down, you know, it's just... It all started at Daytona, really, I think. Uh, we went down there and we thought we were just going to win everything. And we had a bad week, uh, 10 days. And uh, I don't think we've ever gotten over it. But this is the week to get over it. This is Bristol, Tennessee. Uh, this is a race I've won 11 times. It's a track that I run well on. So uh, we're looking for a real uh, injection of new energy from uh, here on out. To, we just haven't had our act together and, uh, you know, it's some of it's probably my fault and some of us uh, just haven't been running very good and some of it's just been old bad racing luck, you know, haven't been able to, to hit things just right everywhere we've been. The weather's been a factor, believe yeah. it or not. Uh, Darlington, we didn't go test and uh, we didn't get a lot of uh, track time down there. Atlanta, we didn't get a lot of track time, so things have just not worked for us so far, but we're not, dis- we're not really discouraged. We're disappointed, but we're not discouraged.
2: Walter's having a great run right now. He's setting the pace in the Ballydale 500. We're one lap away from the 300-lap mark. We'll give us 200 to go. We'll take a short break, and we'll be back.
3: Back with you at Bristol Raceway in Tennessee, the Valleydale 500 back
12: under green. Waltrip leads the charge to turn three. Tied Chevrolet up front with Mark Martin riding in the second spot. Lapped cars down on the inside. Dale Earnhardt and Morgan Shepherd. Leaders get around those off
2: turn four. Ricky Rudd is third. Fourth right now is Sterling Marlin and fifth is Terry Labonte and all those cars are locked together out of turn two.
12: All single file in the outside lane getting around that lapped traffic. All bumper to bumper here on the back straightaway back into turn number three. They work themselves up the banking. Here's Mark Martin getting
3: shoved from the rear just a bit by. Ricky Redd those cars straighten out quickly enough Sterling Marlin is there
12: Waltrip still leads the parade and tries to pull away. But behind him, the battle is a hot one. Ricky Rudd's trying to bear down to the Mark Martin car, trying to get around that machine here on the back straightaway. Back into single
2: file, though quickly they go in turn three. Kyle Petty working his way back up toward the front of the pack. Also, he's had a good solid run here all day long, but he's had to overcome a lot of problems. Davey Allison is back there with him, trying to get up to the front of the pack also. But so far, it has been pretty much Darrell Walter for the last 200 laps or so here at Bristol as he takes them back to three.
12: Terrell Waltrip leads the way back up into turn three he'll go high to get around one of the lap cars that's Mike Alexander he drops down to the inside of the racetrack Walter leads Mark Martin Ricky Rudd Sterling Marlin all bumper to bumper right behind him in the fifth position the Terry Labonte car next in line the lap car of Morgan Shepard then the lap car of Dale Earnhardt followed by the seventh place car of Kenny Schrader just watching Ernie Irvin along with Jeff Bodine
3: and Mike Alexander now back on the racetrack they're all slinking around like escargot because their cars are somewhat off. Balance with all their sheet metal sheared off in one spot or another. Bodine is 96 laps down and he really tippy toes it around the racetrack because every time he tried to turn, the car was off balance and kind of kicked out on him. So he goes back to the attention of Tim Brewer and the crew. Meanwhile, on lap 367, we continue under green. Walchip is the leader. Dave Marcus had some problems moments ago, Dick Brooks, uh, and as a matter of fact, he's coming back to the pits again now. What's the deal? Uh, Dave Marcus had a.
4: Uh, brake line, and uh, he doesn't have much brakes. They're just trying to get him uh, where he gets some kind of brakes on the car and get that
2: blocked off. Rick Mast had a pretty good run going here today. He stayed up in the lead lap a great deal of this race. Now he's back in the pits and about to go a lap down here, or at least another lap down. Also, as Darrell Waltrip flashes by and takes him back to Turn One. Waltrip is the leader. Mark Martin is second, just a half a car link, separate those two. In fact, the front five about a half a car length separate them back in third place. Ricky Rudd has a good solid run going here. He's had some great runs at Bristol over the years. I think he's finished second at least three or four times to my memory, but he's never won a race. He had some great runs when he drove for Bud Moore here. Fourth place car that's Sterling Marlin and fifth is Terry Labonte as he works even closer over in turn three.
12: He'll try to draw a line now in the Ricky Rudd car directly ahead, but uh, still can't make the move. Walter had such a commanding lead before that caution, and I'm sure now he'd like to get that thing built up again, but he's not able to get away from Mark Martin this time, quite as easily, he'll pull him a little bit on the straightaway, but in the corner, Mar- Martin seems to be hooked up quite well. Closes right in each time on Daryl Waltrip. Be interesting to
3: see who they vote as the uh, Western Auto NASCAR Mechanic of the Race today. That announcement will be coming later on. With the winner getting $1,000. Uh, at this juncture, you'd have to say maybe Daryl Waltrip's crew chief, Jeff Hammond, he has got that car dialed in awfully well. Jim Phillips, you've been around that pit area. Are they saying the car is where they want it right now, as far as it's uh, set up on the
6: racetrack? This is a Darrell Walter race. They get the car the way he wants it. He gets confidence in him. Jeff Hammond keeps talking to him and he just builds a lead. That's what they did last year when they won the race. Jeff kept talking to him. He kept that smooth line and they won the race.
2: I asked Daryl yesterday, anytime you win 10 races at a racetrack, you have to have something going for you. Tell me one of the things that's been the key to your success here at Bristol.
11: The thing that I think has helped me through the years here and really it compliments me more now than it ever has is you got to save a little something for the end here. Uh, this is a racetrack where you can, you can make everybody look bad. If you, could, if you can go out here and drive as hard as you can for 500 laps, there's no question about the fact that you're gonna lap the field. But very few drivers can do that consistently. Somebody gets away with it every now and then. Very few drivers can go out and hang it out for 500 laps here and not get themselves in trouble or wear themselves or their car out. So I always try to hang back a little bit, hold back a little bit so that when there's 100 or so laps to go and I got a chance to win, I got a little something for them.
2: Well, he's got 100 or so laps to go, and he's going to exactly. have to have a little something for him because there's four cars really breathing down his tailpipe, so to speak, as he works across the start-finish line and goes back to turns one and two and up to Joe Moore. Those front
12: five cars all bumper-to-bumper and still up there in the thick of things as he's been all afternoon, Morgan Shepard. He's at the tail end of that train here as they reach the end of the back straightaway. Back
3: into the corner now, turns three and four, 36 degrees, banking tall. Again, if you're just joining us and you've never been here, this is a half-mile racetrack in Bristol. banked more steeply than Daytona or Talladega and the cars continue to use the uppermost portion of the racetrack as they turn these laps in and around 16 seconds 16 and a quarter seconds each time by 379 now 380 going on the board Darrell Waltrip continues to lead second spot Mark Martin he's about a car length and a half back then Ricky Rudd and Sterling Marlin
12: right there with him Walter is beginning a little bit of space now worked up over the second place car of Mark Martin. He's been working on that for some time now he picks it up maybe two or three car lengths over Martin Martin getting a little bit of distance ahead of the third place car of Ricky Rudd but Sterling Marlin is right behind Rudd. I mentioned a few moments ago it was like a freight train and it is similar to what we see at Talladega or Daytona when we refer to the draft so many times when cars will hook up in a single file line and just circle the track for some time. That's what's been going on here all afternoon. Now earlier it was the third, fourth, fifth and sixth sixth place car. They were all lined up in single file, circled the track for 20 or 30 laps. No one dared step out of line until the Dale Jarrett and Ernie Irvin crash here, that last caution we had. Now it's the front five cars all single file again as they continue
2: to circulate here at Bristol. And as you look trackside here, you see an awful lot of damaged automobiles out there still limping around the Budweiser Ford of Junior Johnson and Jeff Bodine has come back onto the racetrack and there's quite a bit of sheet metal missing from that one. Ernie Irvin who has been in and out of the pit some four or five times as they rip sheet metal away from the wheels to keep it from scrubbing on that car is back out there, but he is way off the pace just piling up what laps he can. So this track has really taken its toll here this afternoon and still an awful long ways to go. 383 laps are on the board. Of course, 500 make up the distance in the Valleydale race here this afternoon. Darrell Waltrip driving kind of a patented race as you heard him tell us on tape there a moment ago, if you can get your car dialed in and go out there and lead this thing and drive as hard as you can, you got a good shot to win it. But Waltrip's one of those drivers too, Eli. When the car is good enough to lead, he'll lead, but when it's not good enough to lead or there's a little something wrong with it, he doesn't mind a bit running back there in third, fourth, fifth, eighth, whatever it takes just to keep the car in the lead lap and let that team work on it to get it right. But today, it is his day here at Bristol, Tennessee, as he has led at least the last 250 laps of this race.
3: Of course it takes a while also to know exactly not only what your car can do but what the other cars can do. Ricky Rudd holding off the challenge of Sterling Marlin again as they battle for third and fourth spot. I asked Darrell during a a normal situation. How long does it take you before you can assess what the other cars have to shoot at you that day?
11: 20 years. That's how long it takes to learn all that. you can pretty well tell, uh, you know, with the people you're racing with, if you uh, get around them, uh, you have a good sixth sense about just how hard are they trying, uh, just exactly what their uh, plan is, and, and how they deal with you. Uh, it's not really all that difficult to tell after you've been in that situation a few times, and it's always fun when you know the other guy is... Driving his heart out, driving his brains out. Like I used to, David Pearson and I used to be a classic example. Kale and David back in the days of that, that rivalry. David would sit there and let everybody drive themselves to death, blisters on their hands, blisters on their feet, smoke coming off their steering wheel, and David would put out the cigarette and win the race. And that's what
3: happens with David Pearson and Darrell Waltrip now. However, we have caution on the speedway,
12: Joel Moore, in turn two. Another Dave involved. It's Dave Marcus this time. He had some problems. We mentioned the fact he had come in the pit several times. We saw a tire smoking. That may be what has gone out. The car looped around about three times. He stuck it in the outside retaining wall, only did damage to the front
2: end and the right front. He's refired the car and is moving back around the track. So Dave Marcus had some problems a couple of times this afternoon. Now loops that car up there after having a great run going a little bit early this afternoon and misfortune certainly befalling Dave Marcus in the last 50 or 60 laps. 390 are on the board. It gives us 110 to go. Here's Walter Peleter diving by, uh, by the pace car out of turn number four. He'll be followed in by Mark Martin, Sterling Marlin. All the top five cars are in the pits. Let's go to Dick Brooks.
4: Well, Ricky Rudd brings his car in. It looked like he wasn't going to come in. He had just about uh, run into the end of pit wall, but he got it in anyway. Terry Lamont has got his car in. Dave Marcus comes by, got the front end up. Uh, quite get his top. He's just about running the back of Terry Labonte. He doesn't have uh, any brakes on the car, uh, but they're going to put some tires on the cars and get them back on the track.
6: Jim Phillips. Oh, this end of pit road, Mark Martin, the second place car is in. It looks like he's going to win the battle out of the pits with Darrell Waltram. Also, Kyle Petty is in. Sterling Martin getting four tires and Morgan Shepherd and Rick Mast all at this end of pit road.
2: We're going to check and see if Morgan Shepard got himself back in uh, one of those laps back that he was down here a moment ago. We were watching as they came out of turn number four and he might have gotten one of those back. We'll take a short break and we'll be right back to Bristol
3: after a strong third place finish at Darlington a weekend ago Davey Allison and the Haviland Ford currently leading this Valleydale 500 here in Bristol Tennessee I'm Eli Gold along with Barney Hall Joe Moore Dick Brooks and Jim Phillips the MRN crew is on hand with engineers Harry Howard and Clay Stolka we're live at Bristol International Raceway and Davey Allison has the lead the car behind him is Morgan Shepard and Barney as you conjectured Morgan did get back one of those two laps he was down and is now knocking on the door to try and get the. Lap back.
2: He's been playing catch up all afternoon, done some good heads up driving, and he's trying to get himself in a position to win this thing as the momentum continues to be very good for the Bud Moore team, the Motorcraft team. He sits right behind the leader, and if Davey Allison slips, Morgan Shepard will be on the lead lap. They're out of turn two and back to Joe Moore. Shepard's right on his
12: bumper once again, coming off the corner. He hasn't tried to make a move since this restart, but he's staying right there with Davey, waiting for Davey maybe to slip up just a bit and for him to take advantage. Rick Wilson in the Dinner Bell Food
3: Lion machine just bulls his way to the inside of Dale. Jarrett, after those cars made some contact, Wilson pulls away with Jarrett getting in line behind him. Second-place runner is still Mark Martin. Third is Darrell Waltrip, though there's plenty of time remaining, exactly 100 laps to go. 400 down, 100 laps remaining, and the Valleydale meets 500.
12: Davey Addison leads back to turn two. Morgan Shepard still sits in there behind him, trying to find a way to get by. The second-place car, separated from the leader by Morgan Shepard. That's Mark Martin. Then comes Darrell Waltrip in third, the lapped car of Kyle Petty,
2: and in fourth is Sterling Marlin. And for the moment, I think we're going to see these drivers just kind of ride in a straight line, more or less. The final 100 laps are going on the scoreboard here at Bristol this afternoon. And a good run for a lot of drivers today that you could single out. Consistent run for Davey Allison, who currently leads this thing. Good hard driving all day long has kept Morgan Shepard up there with a chance to get himself back on the lead lap. And Mark Martin has run a good, smooth race all day long. Darrell Walter currently rides third back there, and he's just biding his time. This is one stage of the race where Walter kind of knows pretty much as well as anyone what he needs to do in this final 70 or 80 lapses will be coming up on here shortly and give a call to Kyle Petty. He has really changed his whole attitude about this business. I think he's finally made up his mind that hey this is you know it's not fun in games if you're going to be a winning driver you got to dedicate yourself to it. And He's certainly done that.
3: He's very serious about the job right now. He has put all of his other interests behind and he is out there right now. He will yield the position off turn number four possibly to Sterling Marlin. But no Sterling has kept back as Kyle gets the good run off the number four corner. You know the other day during all the rain we were talking with Gary Nelson kind of going over the technology of these race cars We were just thinking the only fellow who has complained about a brake problem here today is Dave Marcus and we're hearing about that less and less now on the Winston Cup tracks even in Martinsville. I, I asked Gary Nelson the other day as we can put a guy on the moon. But you still have trouble slowing down a Winston Cup stock car in Martinsville, Virginia. And we talked about the brake systems now that most of
0: these cars are using. It was something very interesting. We're into these foreign brakes that, that are uh, just about all the cars on the short tracks now are running brakes from England. And um, the development really on these brakes came through Formula One. They're, they're made out of some um, really exotic metals that are very strong and they dissipate the heat quick. So at the... At the same time, the the actual metal in the brakes and the strength of the brakes was uh, getting better and better. Then, we started experimenting with uh, brake pads, the material that actually rubs against the brake rotor to stop the car.
3: So it's kind of a trade-off. This series tells Formula One how to have lead changes, and they tell us how to, <laughs> how to stop race cars on the racetrack.
2: Well, the technology kind of swaps <laughs> back and forth along with everything else. 409 laps are on the board. We're looking at the leader as he winds his way around here, and that's Davey Allison as he just eases up into turn number three and four. He's going to catch some traffic that's running door-to-door there. Dale Earnhardt, who is many laps down, along with Brett Bodine. and Earnhardt, you got to give him credit. He knows he's some 40 laps behind. Every time any pack of traffic has caught him this afternoon, Dale has just went all the way to the apron of the racetrack and said go ahead and race and do your thing that's exactly what he did that turn around and he's kind of hoping that favor will be returned one day when he's leading the race and he runs up on some lap traffic 411 on the board davy allison takes him back to one
3: and eight. as we continue under this green flag segment of the valleydale meets 500 everybody seems to settle in for just a while it's an opportunity for us to take a look at one of the outstanding finishes in the history of this bristol international raceway
2: Morgan Shepard trying to stay up there behind the leader, Davey Allison, to get that other lap that he is down back. But now he slides back in the running order in the traffic up there. Davey is the leader. Mark Martin just got by him. Now he's going to run a little bit high. And Darrell Waltrip, the third-place car, will also squeeze around the lap car of Morgan Shepherd and try to make up some distance that they have lost to the leader, Davey Allison, in the last ten laps around this racetrack. They're in the backstretch.
12: Front three cars all together now. Davey Allison on several car lengths ahead of Mark Martin. He's several car lengths ahead of third-place Darrell Waltrip four hundred twenty three laps on the board the
3: front five Allison, along with Mark Martin Waltrip Sterling Marlin and Kyle Petty Kyle still running back towards turn number one about a car length not even that much now behind Marlin and just ahead of Terry
12: Labonte and Rick Wilson Labonte really definitely tightening up on Kyle Petty here as they hit the back straightaway, and Rick
2: Wilson even closer to Terry Labonte they run bumper to bumper to the outside going around the lapped car of Dick Trickle that may be the best battle at the as this race winds down here before the day is over right now will be for fourth place back there between Sterling Marlin Kyle Petty Terry Labonte Rick Wilson and also Ricky Rudd. They've been locked together there for the last 15 or 16 circuits around this racetrack. Walter comes down trying to close up some distance, but the battle they're watching will be for the lead. Mark Martin gets within a half a car length of catching Davey Allison.
12: He got a fender alongside going into turn number one, but had to back out of it as Davey seems to get a little bit better bite coming off the corner. Here he is again, Martin peeking down to the inside. Well, Davey goes higher in the turn, but he keeps his Ford wound up a bit more off the high side of the
3: banking. Mark Martin takes a middle groove, but only in turns three and four. In one and two, they're in the same line.
12: And they're very close this time, bumper to bumper practically. And Darrell Waltrip now is caught up with Mark
2: Martin. So a three-way battle for the lead as they exit turn four. All three of those cars look like they're just about equal right now here at Bristol, Tennessee. So it's just going to be whoever makes a slip, apparently, as to who wins this thing this afternoon. They're certainly all three very much in contention, along with about four other cars that are still on the lead lap. We'll take a short break, and we'll be back. Jeff Hammond, the mechanic on that and the crew chief on Darrell Waltrip's car has done a great job with them here ever since they've been up to kind of get that car running like it has this afternoon. Let's go back to his pit and Dick Brooks.
4: Well, while Waltrip's trying to take over the lead, Jeff Hammond just won himself a thousand dollars from the Western Auto. It's a Western Auto uh, mechanic of the race award. Yep, you're $1,000 richer today. No, uh,
13: Dick, you got that wrong. I'm not a $1,000 richer, but the team, the team is, because uh, whenever I receive something, it all goes to all the guys that work with me, because I, it's not a one-man show. It's a team effort. Without the guys that's behind me working with me, it'd never be possible. You know, the effort we're putting
10: forth today is a team effort, and we're really looking good. Well, if you're gonna split it up, just give us all a part of it,
4: I guess. But let's all have a big old party after this race. All right, thank you. That's from Western Auto. They're doing a good job this year on recognizing some of the mechanics instead of just the driver.
2: Jeff Hammond is certainly a good candidate for that here this afternoon as he wins it. 446 laps are on the board. We've got 54 laps remaining in this one this afternoon to settle in and the Valleydale meets 500. Darrell Waltrip continues to hound Davy Allison, but Darrell can't forget that right behind him, one car length back, is Mark Martin. They're out of turn two. Martin's bearing
12: down from the third spot, and Eli, you were correct a few moments ago when you were talking about the way that Waltrip's having a hard time making a move off turn two down on the inside. He had pulled even with Davy Allison on that particular lap. That's about ten laps ago going in to turn number one, coming off the corner, he just did not get the bite. Now, Waltrip's starting to run up a little bit higher on the banking and what he tried the last lap when they came off turn two, is he tried to get a bite and dive down underneath Davey Allison coming off the corner. It didn't work then, but we'll keep an eye on Darrell Waltrip and see if he's able to make that move again. What's going to happen now is they're going to run back into lap traffic. The Dick Trickle car directly ahead, Trickle drops down to the inside of the racetrack, so Davey, Darrell Waltrip, Mark Martin, and the lap car of Morgan Shepard all go to the outside this time off four. You know
3: what else will be a factor here, Barney, as this race winds down? Should we have a caution flag, or even not? Uh, Davey is pitting on the back pit area, while Daryl Waltrip is pitting here on the front straightaway pitch We've already documented how those on the back pit, just by positioning alone, are at a bit of a disadvantage when it comes to getting in and out of the race uh, pit area very quickly. And should that come down to a factor, uh, we'll see exactly how Robert Gates and that crew play out that hand that's been dealt to him also
2: it definitely will come into play should they have to pit here in the final stages forty nine laps to go in the Valleydale meets five hundred Waltrip again shoves that tied Chevrolet up under the black Ford of Davy Allison as it came out of turn number four but that's all he can do is just get a fender up there and then tuck back in single file they're out of turn two one more time Waltrip goes to the
12: top of the racetrack again dives down to the inside tries to pull up alongside Davy Allison but again Allison holds him off and holds on to the lead let's not forget Mark Martin because he is right there in third
3: place as well the Ford of Allison the Chevy of Waltrip the Ford of Mark Martin and then the lapped machine of Morgan Shepard but those front three are tied tightly together with nine cars still showing on the lead lap here on lap 453.
2: Davey Allison is the leader. Darrell Waltrip rides second. Third is Mark Martin. Fourth is Sterling Marlin. Fifth is Ricky Rudd. Six right now they're still posting Kyle Petty. The seventh place is Terry Labonte eighth belongs to Rick Wilson and ninth is Kenny Schrader and those are the nine cars that are on the lead lap. One lap down is Morgan Shepherd two laps behind is Dale Jarrett in the Wood Brothers car. Rick Mast is being posted in 12th position some five laps off the pace. Thirteenth is Dick Trickle as a Butch Miller is being shown up in 14th and Dave Marcus now round out the top 15.
12: There's a problem on Dale Jarrett's car. He dropped down to the inside of the racetrack. Looks like the left front tire went down. He got up in front of the leaders and caused a close call there. Dale Jarrett's heading back over to his pits. So he is going to the attention of the Wood Brothers, Leonard and the rest of the fellows there to tend to the Sitco
3: Fort. This is one of the strangest looking rundowns I have ever seen. We just got from Martha Oliver. Barney gave you the top uh, 15 with Dave Marcus uh, now 18 laps down in 15th spot. 16th place is Ernie Irvin. He's 21 laps down. 17th place is Bill Elliott. He's 33 laps down. 18th spot is Jimmy Spencer. He is 43 laps down. In 19th is Dale Earnhardt. He is 47 laps down. 20th spot belongs to Michael Waltrip. He is 56 laps back. In 21st position is Bobby Hill, and he is 64 laps behind the leader Davey Allison. 22nd place is Brett Bodine. His car is 72 laps down. 23rd spot was Mike uh, Excuse me. Uh, the Davey uh, no, I was right. Mike Alexander's cars in 23rd. He's 91 laps down. Jeff Bodine is in 24th. 106 laps down and phil parsons is in fifth is in 25th he's 150 laps down what a strange looking run down here but what a battle for the lead on the racetrack
2: Darryl walter tries to get underneath davy allison that's the third time around out of turn number four he's been able to get a fender up alongside and that's all he can do he can't get around him in the front straightaway they're heading back to three same thing on
12: the back stretch allison just has the power here once they get on the stretch but in the corners each time Waltrip's able to draw a line down to the inside but Davey comes off the corner, gets a good bite and continues down towards
3: the front straightaway and back up into the corner. Dick Brooks is over in the Haviland pit area. Again, pitting on the back straightaway is Davey Allison. What are they saying, Dick? Anything? Well, I think Jim Phillips is over here
4: talking to him. Jim, have you talked to him? Where the Davey Allison pit. Robert Gates, you pitted on lap 355.
6: Can you make it on gasoline? Yeah, no problem with that, I don't think. Seems to slow down just a little bit in the middle of the turn, but he's still holding him off. Yeah. I just uh, we'll just out to see. I don't know. That's Robert Gates, car owner and crew chief for Davey Allison.
2: Daryl Waltrip almost had the ideal situation there as Davey is running a little high off that corner to keep the motor kind of wound up in the thing. And they run up on the lap car of Rick Mass there. And he was hoping that Davey would kind of run in behind him and Daryl could keep that fender alongside and pinch him out there. And he could have gotten the lead. He's just waiting for him to make a mistake very close two cars here as far as being equal along with Mark Martin as you pointed out a minute ago Eli you can't count him out he's certainly within striking distance but Waltrip is the man trying to put on the moves right now as the laps wind down they're back to three
12: each time he'll dive down to the inside coming off turn two but again at the end of the back straightaway, he has to fall back in line behind Davy Allison off turn four again Waltrip looks to the inside if you talk about
3: tire freshness it might be Mark Martin who is that dark horse there because he has not been going up and down the racetrack like Darrell Waltrip has he is not been making the moves that Davey Allison has had to make to keep Darrell Waltrip at bay. Again, off turn four, Waltrip really cuts that tied Chevrolet hard, but he doesn't get the bite off the turn with Mark Martin just running those steady
12: laps. He could be a factor here in the last handful of laps. They're on the back straightaway. Phil Parsons drops to the inside, lets the leaders come by, all single file this time. Davey Allison just inches ahead of Darrell Waltrip,
2: who's just inches ahead of Mark Martin. They come back into the front straight away, still nose to tail. And Dick Brooks, having been in one of these things a lot of years, you've been out there a lot of times when you've been running in a pack of traffic or whatever, maybe three or four cars, pretty well equal, like these three guys are here this afternoon. What can you do as the laps wind down? Just kind of hope somebody makes a mistake.
4: Well, Davey Allison can't experiment too much. So far, he's still in the front by doing what he's been doing. I guess this is one of them things, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But he's going to have to uh, be extremely careful if he gets pushed out. Uh, Darrell, you know, move him up on the racetrack and Mark Martin, as we were talking earlier, got the breaks tires on the car. He uh, could very easily go back to third instead of just a second. So he's gotta stay where he's at. If he tries to move to another groove someplace to see if he can pull away and he and he messes, you know, he doesn't doesn't make it, he can go all the way to third in a hurry.
2: I think the factor may be coming up here in about five or six more laps. There's a big pack of traffic directly ahead, and they're going to catch it in about five more laps, and somebody might make a mistake. We'll take a short break, and we'll be back. Darrell Waltrip's in trouble. He is off the pace up in turns three and four. Mark Martin has gone by, and Darrell is really slowing down. We'll get a report from his pit here in just a moment. From the Bristol, go ahead.
4: They're getting ready to bring him in. He's got a tire. He thinks he's got a tire going down on the car.
2: Boy, that is going to be one hard way to lose this race with some 25 laps remaining. When Davy Allison crosses the line this time, here's Waltrip out of turn number four, brings that car onto pit road and to cut a tire down at this late stage of the race. Let's follow that pit stop.
13: Well,
4: he comes in, he stops, and uh, they've gone to the right side to change the right side. they get the tire off, they put the tires back on. They're checking over the left side. They can't find anything wrong with them. This is going to be awful sorry if they can't uh, find anything wrong with the tires. I'll know what happened to the right side just in a minute.
2: Tires are on the car. He is down and away, but he has gone a lap down. From the Bristol International Raceway, this is MRN Radio.
3: We have 20 laps remaining in the Valleydale 500 here in Bristol Tennessee the lead still held by Davey Allison. He's got a scant handful of car lanes a car length and a half over second place Mark Martin. But those cars are separated by Morgan Shepard who is not on the lead lap third is Sterling Marlin fourth place currently showing as driver Ricky Rudd. Fifth, This is Terry Labonte he got a feel for Darrell Waltrip and a super run they had going. He might just grab the goodies Headache Award today. We'll wait and see how the members of the media vote on that. But there are $750 on the line as the winner of the goodies Headache Award today. Of course, MRN's crew will vote on the peak performance cool move of the race award with $500 to be given to that particular driver as we have now got 18 laps until the checkered flag.
2: Dale Jarrett makes a late unscheduled pit stop. He had been posted about 11th position, so he's going to drop back a little further right now. The scoreboard shows 483 laps on the board here this afternoon in the Valleydale Meets 500 as Davey Allison trying to get something going and get his team in a positive direction for this year, 1990. Although they've had some good runs, comes down out of turn number four, leading this race some five car lengths ahead of Mark Martin. And Ford has not enjoyed all that much success here at Bristol in recent years. Now, back in the 60s, they won a lot of races, but I think they've only won maybe three or four here since about 1970 or 71. We'll check that in the record book. Martin closes in even closer right now to Davey Allison as they get to the start finish line and head back to turns one and two.
12: Martin's right up on his bumper now that he's finally gotten around the Morgan Shepherd car. Here comes Davey Allison off turn number two. Martin is there right on
2: his rear deck as they go back to three right on his bumper and now takes a look down to the inside. There's a lap car directly ahead Jimmy Spencer's car there and Mark Martin has to tuck back in behind Davey Allison and give Davey a lot of credit. He's been able to hold him off so far. Let's go to the pits.
4: Steve Mill, the crew chief for Mark Martin. Steve, you got anything left?
9: I don't know. We're a little bit loose right now and Davey's real strong. Looks like track position means everything. It's just a darn hard to pass. We're not going to take anything away from Davey. He's running real good. We're going to make a hard run at
4: him. All right, they uh, think the only thing they can do now is sit and watch.
3: At this point the laps are winding down 13 remain in this Valleydale meets 500 It is a, basically a half car length between the two Allison goes high in turn number four Mark Martin comes low but again the car just does not grab off the low side of the racetrack and Barney you know your history quite well because before Bill Elliott who won this event back in 1988 in a Ford the previous victory for Ford was for David Pearson driving for Holman Moody back in 1971 in the Southeastern 500 as it used to be. Called. So you're talking uh, about uh, 19 years and one victory for
2: Ford in that span. It's been a long, long time. I know Ford in the 60s they pretty well dominated this racetrack, but it seemed like from the early 70s on they did not have all that much success. The situation's changing up front. Mark Martin is going after the leader, but also there two more cars becoming into play right now. Let's go to pit road.
4: Well, you got to give Sterling Marlin a little. I mean, uh, <laughs> Morgan Shepard a little credit. He moved over, let Sterling Marlin and them go by so they can race with 10 laps to go. That's pretty good. Uh, Uh, You know, he didn't have to do that.
2: Didn't have to. Seen that a couple of times today. We talked about Earnhardt doing it a little bit earlier and some other drivers also. This is going to be a close one. A close Ricky Rudd going underneath Sterling Marlin trying to take away third position and he almost pulled it off out of turn two. But
12: he had to quickly get back in line. He had gone to the inside. There was a lap car ahead, the car of Bobby Hill and Jr. So Ricky Rudd falls back in line. Everybody goes around Rick Mast now as lap 492
3: is on the board. Eight laps remain and still Davey Allison, Mark Martin, Sterling Marlin, and
2: Ricky Rudd on the backstretch. The
12: front four cars all bumper to bumper and they've got some. Racing room now. It'll be another lap or two before they close it on more lap traffic.
2: Seven laps to go for Davey Allison and the rest of the field as they whiz across the start finish line, go back to turn one, and four cars set to settle the Valleydale 500 this afternoon. Allison has his hands full out of turn two. Martin took it a little higher in the banking, tried to make that move that
12: Darrell Walter was trying to make, shoot down to the inside of the racetrack and pull alongside Davey Allison, but again, it did not work each of these gentlemen looking for his first ever victory here
3: at Bristol Raceway. And a couple of men or certainly one man, Sterling Marlin, looking for his
12: first ever Winston Cup win as they head back to turn three. Marlin's third in line. He's got to worry about getting around Martin. He's also got to worry about Ricky Rudd, who's on the attack now.
2: And that traffic that you talked about being directly ahead is certainly going to come into play before this race is over. There's four cars running directly ahead of those four that are dicing for the lead here out of turn two.
12: Ernie Irvin drops to the inside of the racetrack. Dave Marcus also gives him plenty of racing room once again they're all alone bumper to bumper except for Ricky Rudd Field comes back to the stripe four hundred ninety six on the board Davey Allison still leads nose to tail Four cars to battle for the win here in Bristol. Ricky Rudd gives a little bump to Sterling Marlin. Now, he's the last car in line of those four that are racing here. They go back in single
2: file into the corner. Davey Allison goes high. Here's Marlin on the move. Sterling Marlin gets it down there, and it sticks for him just for a second through the corner. He almost had second place. Now he's going to have to tuck right back into third, or is he out of turn two? He'll hold that inside line, but coming off the corner has to get back in line.
12: Ricky Rudd peeks down to the inside of Marlin. He, too, goes back in line as they go to three. What a super finish. Davey Allison, his last visit to victory lane, the Pepsi 400 at Daytona. 1989
3: 18 races ago now back to turn number two one and a half laps
12: remaining here at Bristol to settle it they're all nose to tail Davey Allison leads the way back to three Martin
2: is second Sterling Marlin third Ricky Rudd is fourth and all this lap traffic they're catching as they come up on the lap cars white flag as they whistle back down into turn number one for Davey Allison the lap cars are dropping to the inside they're out of turn two. one final chance
12: Davey breaks him off the corner Ricky Rudd gets into the side of Sterling Marlin spins him around Marlin spins down to the inside of the racetrack up It's Davy Allison Allison goes high Mark Martin goes low it's a drag race to the finish it is Allison
3: by just inches if that much and they'll have to verify with the photo finish camera Davy Allison went high in turn four Mark Martin's Ford went low both men pull alongside one another on the back straightaway probably looking and saying well who beat whom to the line and with our naked eye we would say Allison by maybe two inches if that much it'll be verified by NASCAR's photo finish camera. We'll have to wait and see. And meanwhile, Joel Moore, you've got two cars still there in the
12: middle of the back straightaway with an incident that came off number two corner. Sterling Marlin had spun down up against the inside retaining wall as he saw Ricky Rudd coming back around. He was waiting for him maybe to make a bit of a gesture. Rudd now has stopped on the racetrack. Now Marlin is trying to back into him.
2: Ricky puts the car in reverse, and I think tempers will cool off there. Apparently they have right now because Sterling puts the car in gear, moves it in a forward motion, and Ricky will follow him on around to the pit area. But I'm sure they'll have some discussion on that incident uh, as soon as they get together here in the pits. It's over. We'll be going to Victory Lane in a moment. Talk about a close finish. It was just inches here a moment ago at the start-finish line. Let's go down to Dick Brooks.
4: Davey Allison. Oh, getting, Davey's getting a little hug and kissing here. Davey, uh, how much closer did you get to that?
13: Well, I'll tell you what, Dick, that was an awful close finish. Mark Martin made a strong charge there at the end. And, uh, you know, I got to give him credit for a great race. The guys over there have done a super job. But uh, the guys on the Haviland crew are the best. And we're glad to have this Texco Havlin Hummingbird Thunderbird in victory lane.
4: i bet they are. I'll tell you, that's a happy bunch of boys. I'll tell you, it's been a while for those guys, and they've needed it, and they just uh, Got it by inches, so that's a good race.
2: That's the closest finish I think I've ever seen, maybe one or two at Daytona, but not any closer than that.
4: We've had uh, the privilege of looking at
3: one of the closed-circuit TV monitors up here, and the margin of victory was maybe two inches at that much, but Davey Allison was clearly the winner here at the Valleydale Meets 500 over a hard-charging Mark Martin who finished second. Third place goes to Ricky Rudd after all that transpired there on that last lap. Terry Labonte will finish in fourth spot. Fifth goes to Rick Wilson, who hung around there and had a super run in the uh, Dinner Bell Food Lion machine. Kenny Schrader will get sixth, and seventh will go to Sterling Marlin. That's how we have it unofficially off the tape at this juncture here through the top seven positions.
2: Let's check in right now with Jim Phillips.
6: Second place finisher, Mark Martin, you you did everything that you could do to win this race. It just couldn't pull it off.
9: Well, uh, congratulations to Davey Allison. Boy, we got close. We had a great run. Uh, The Folgers team are the heroes again today. You know, the guys on on pit road are just incredible, and it's a great run for us. This was a points run for us. Uh, We were in a position where we had to uh, do all we could do, but there just wasn't enough racetrack out there to quite get by Davey. You know, we had a great car, but... Uh, We just didn't quite make it to the front, but uh, I'm sure not disappointed with second. It looked
6: like every time you tried to go underneath him there, you just got loose with him. You couldn't had to back off.
9: Yeah, you know, uh, it happened to a bunch of guys early, and it happened to a bunch of guys late. Probably happened to a bunch of guys in between. You know, you just couldn't quite do it. Uh, You know, the guy out front just had such an enormous advantage that, uh, you know, you were just... uh... Did
6: the the old racetrack change much today?
9: It did for us. We were up and down, up and down, uh, but our car was great. Uh, we just, you know, we came up six inches short, I guess.
6: That's
2: Mark Martin, second-place finisher, and the Folgers Ford. Well, he had a good run here. He can't come any closer than that to getting a victory, but he almost pulled it off, but he doesn't. Davey Allison does instead. Barney, go
4: had a ahead.
13: Good. Had, a, had a tight finish in a lot of places. Ricky's standing in the truck here. Ricky, what happened? Well, I tell you, we uh, Waddell and myself had a little communication breakdown on that last pit stop. I was thinking he said pit, and he was thinking say stay out. So we got way behind on track position, and we just only time we run hard was right at the end of the race. And I really feel bad for Sterling Marlin. That bunch up there was holding me up, and him and I got together, raced on the last lap, and he turned around. I hate to see that, uh, like say for third place. But uh, tickle to death this Levi Garrett Exxon Chevrolet run really good. Like I say, we didn't really run hard till the end. and... We got behind on track position. We just couldn't get it back. We we got it back. We caught back to the leaders, but we just run out of time. Traffic was a problem all day. Well, it really was. It was a one groove racetrack. The bottom of the racetrack was torn up, and uh, you get down low to try to get under somebody. And, and most of the wrecks that you saw all day were accidents. Uh, people trying to make a clean pass, and all of a sudden they get in there and break loose, and up the racetrack they go and slide into the man beside them. So it was it was hard racing all day. All right. Well, they had a. They had a good race. I think the fans got their uh, got
4: their uh, dollars' worth here in the last few laps and a uh, few tempers over here, but I think everything's calming down pretty good. They got them separated and uh, go on to the next racetrack.
3: Again, unofficially, Ricky coming home in third spot in the Levi Garrett machine behind the race winner Davy Allison and the second place finisher Mark Martin. The members of the press covering today's Valleydale 500 have voted the Goodies Headache Award $750 to Ernie Irvin, the driver of the Kodak film Oldsmobile. He certainly had uh, a day's worth and then some here today. A $250 donation going as well to the Brenner Children's Hospital in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, from Goodies Manufacturing. That is in the name of Ernie Irvin. Let's go back downstairs to Jim Phillips.
6: Terry Labonte, great finish for you today, fourth place.
5: Well, our
10: school Classic Oldsmobile ran good all day long. We got off just a little bit in the last set of tires there, and we were off the pace some. We just weren't as good as we had been earlier, but uh, we're pleased with the finish, and, and I think maybe this will kind of turn things around for us. We're back on the right track, I think, and kind of got our cars sorted out and trying to figure out which ones are good, and I think we're uh, on, the, on the way back in the right direction now.
6: This Oldsmobile saw a lot of things in front of you and behind you.
10: Yeah, it did. i tell you, I wish that car could talk. It could tell some good stories, couldn't it? That's Terry Labonte, the fourth place to
2: signature today. I don't think there's a car out there that couldn't tell uh, some interesting stories here this afternoon. I bet Our so. drivers.
3: <laughs> it is time for us on the MRN crew to vote the Peak Performance Cool Move of the Race Award, the winner receiving $500 from Peak Antifreeze and Summer Coolant. Let's open up out in the corners with uh, Joe Moore. Joe? I'll go with Mike Alexander. A couple of great saves he made today. All right, down at pit Road, Dick Brooks, what do you think?
4: Oh, I don't know. There was, a, there was so many of them, I guess. Uh, Mike Alexander did all right. I'll go that way.
3: And Jim Phillips, your thoughts. Mike Alexander. Barney, I'm going to nominate him as well as I had mentioned during the broadcast when he should have looped it on lap 213 and saved it. He did have problems later on, but nevertheless, uh, Mike Alexander gets my vote.
2: Well, we haven't all agreed all this year on that, so I'll go along with that.
3: Alright, so Mike Alexander awarded $500 as the winner of the Peak Performance Cool Move of the Race Award. Our congratulations to him. Some of the other post-race awards as we have them, we'll pass them along as soon as we go to uh, the pit area one more time.
4: Eli, uh, Sterling Marling standing here. Sterling, uh, uh, you know, you got to say that's racing, but I know it's hard on the last lap. Yeah, it is. It's, uh, you know, we just, the car, cold was running great all day. We just took our time and uh, just waited then to be there because this place will take a toll on equipment. And I found that out last July. So I just paced myself and tried to keep out of trouble and uh, had run them guys down. Car just rolled super, run good. And, uh, you know, to have that happen on the last deal, uh, you know, I could have spun a six car out there for two laps ago, but, you know, I got out of gas and let him get straight. But, uh, you know, just run there and gouge you. And, uh, you know, nobody had a chance to win a race. Uh, you know, it's it don't take, uh, you know, much guts behind the wheel to do it. He just spun me out. Well, it looked like you guys uh, just really took off in the last few laps. Do uh, you think if the if, if, uh, 15 car had moved over a little bit earlier, you all would have had a better shot at May have had. You know, Morgan, he did. He did get out of the way, and he didn't hold me up much at all. And, uh, you know, the... The car could really get off turn four real good, getting the gas, just jump right back in the gas wide open, come off the corner, and that's where I was getting them at, and uh, I wanted to get a run there, you know, a couple laps to go, but there's some traffic, and uh, I was going to wait to the last lap and at least try to get Mark. Looked like at the last part of the race, as far as I could see from down here, that the uh, Davy Allison car was probably the slowest of the four, and he still won the race, so it don't have to be the quickest all the time to do it. Jim Phillips has got somebody over there.
6: Well, we're trying to find uh, Rick Wilson, He had a good run today, and the dinner bell uh, Oldsmobile, he wound up fifth with a, with a good run, but we can't locate it.
2: We'll check back down before we go off the air. We'll be back to Bristol in a minute.
3: We welcome you back to Bristol Raceway where the Valleydale 500 is in the books. Davey Allison is in Victory Lane enjoying the fruits of his afternoon's labors. Meanwhile, Mother Man, who had a super run this afternoon, is standing by with Jim Phillips.
6: Fifth place finisher, Rick Wilson. Rick, you were just talking to Bob Rahiller there. He said you were trying to chase down those leaders who had four fresh tires, and most of the time you had two on.
13: That's right. You know, we were pitting on the back straightaway. And uh, if you come in and put four tires on, uh, don't matter how good you are running, you're going to come out in the rear of, of everybody on the, on the front side. So, you know, we were running on two tires while everybody was running on four tires. But, you know, I got to admit, the guy's doing a great job. Uh, you know, the Food Line Dinner Bell mobile run awful good today. And, uh, you know, it was just a good day. This car's quick, and uh, we're going to keep running and, you know, keep after them.
6: You said one time there you got that good super run, and then at the end of the race there, you got kind of loose.
13: Well, you know, in that last caution, everybody come in put four tires on. We come in and put two tires on. So for, the, the, for a long run there, my right, my right side just wore out. And, uh, you know, about 15 laps ago they were gone. And Terry's was too, and I was trying to run him down, and, you know, I just wasn't to be.
6: One of these uh, Bristol races, the track position is so important.
13: Oh, it is, you know, and that was the thing. We come in one time, put four tires on. I was running in the top 10 and come out running 25th, and uh, we decided that wasn't the way to go.
6: That's Rick Wilson. It was a good run for him today, as they said, trying to chase these leaders down with two fresh tires every time instead of four. And uh, pending the official rundown from NASCAR
3: timing and scoring unofficially, we have it right now as Rick winning the Heinz Ketchup Award, picking up the most positions from start to, to finish here today. Of course, Davey Allison is the winner of the race, gets inducted into the Gatorade Circle of Champions, also wins the Top Dog Award from the folks at Dinnerbell Foods. The True Value Hard Charger Award, Darrell Waltrip, despite a heartbreaking afternoon, as it turns out.
6: Jim Phillips, did they ever say exactly what uh, Darrell's problem was there at the very end? Well, Darrell came by in the back of a pickup truck. I said, Darrell... What happened? He said, the right front tire cut down. And that ended our afternoon.
3: But Darrell nevertheless, wins the True Value Hard Charger Award for the day, and his crew chief, as you've already heard, Jeff Hammond from the Tide Chevrolet team, winning the Western Auto mechanic of the race. And, Barn, before we give the final rundown, our congratulations to Mike Hinkle of Murfreesboro, Illinois. He is today's winner of the Right Guard Halfway Challenge Contest. He wins at Pontiac Grand Prix SE, and your next chance to win is at the Winston 500, May the 6th at Talladega. And if you'd like, you can call right now to enter early or see any of the participating stores where Right guard products are sold for your mail in entry forms for the halfway challenge and also while you're at the store remember those specially marked packages of Have a Tampa's with the Have a Tampa Jewel details on how you can win a trip to the Pepsi 400 at Daytona International Speedway. They've got two nights hotel accommodations for you, an escorted tour of the garage area, tickets to SeaWorld and Cypress Gardens plus $500 in spending money, all from the folks at Have a Tampa. The details are on specially marked packages of Have a Tampa Jewels.
2: Let's take a look at the rundown as we have it unofficially from NASCAR. Davey Allison, the winner, Mark Martin finishes second in one of the closest finishes we've seen in a long time, Ricky will run third. Fourth to Terry Labonte. Fifth goes to Rick Wilson. Sixth to Kenny Schrader. Seventh to Sterling Marlin. Eighth will go to Morgan Shepard. Daryl Waltrip ends up finishing ninth after cutting that tire down. Kyle Petty rounds out the top ten. The 11th spot goes to Dale Jarrett in the Wood Brothers car here this afternoon, filling in for Neil Bonnet. Finishing in 12th is Rick Mast. Dick Trickle finishes 13th, 14th to Butch Miller, 15th to Dave Marcus, 16th will go to Ernie Irvin. In 17th position, they're posting Bill Elliott. 18th looks like this afternoon, Jimmy Spencer. 19th is Dale Earnhardt, and... Michael Waltrip will round out the top
3: 20. 21st will go to Bobby Hillen Jr., 22nd, Brett Bodine, 23rd, Mike Alexander, and 24th, Jeff Bodine. 25th will be Phil Parsons driving for Harry Gamp today. 26th is Richard Petty's car. 27th belongs to J.D. McDuffie. 28th, Rusty Wallace. 29th finisher was Jimmy Means. 30th spot going to Rob Moroso. Alan Kulwicki, 31st in the first car out of the race today. Derek Cope, he finishes in 32nd spot. By the way, we always talk about Winston Cup and Bush racing don't forget that the nascar winston racing tracks all across the country are now open either already this weekend or over the next week or so some of the outstanding short track racers across the country competing for the regional championships and then the winston racing series national championship if you'd like to find out what might be the track closest to you involved in the winston racing series you can write to nascar's public relations department post office box 2875 That's post office box 2875 Daytona Beach, Florida. The zip is 32115 and they'll be glad to pass along to you information as to the track nearest to your home. And boy, I'll tell you, Barn, we've seen a weekend and a half here in these last couple three days, haven't we?
2: Well, for the fans who have never been to Bristol, Tennessee, if you ever get a chance to come and see a race at this place, it is totally unique of every racetrack we go to and talk about a weekend of racing. If you ever get a shot, come up here and see one. I guess we'll be off next weekend and then we go down to the beautiful five-eighths of a mile speedway at North Wilkesboro down there for the first Union 400.
3: We've got an Easter egg hunt at the Gold Household next weekend, and uh, I'll give you the results on that as part of our scoreboard in two weeks. Plus, seriously though, the first Union 400 at North Wilkesboro, our coverage begins on Friday, April the 20th with the Bush Poll Show. Barney and Alan and Jim will be along at 5 o'clock Eastern time. Then on Saturday, April 21st, we've got a pit road preview for you at 4.30 Eastern, and then two weeks from today, the first Union 400 on MRN Radio are broadcast at 12.45 Eastern time. So again, Easter week is a week off for us. We're back with you in two weeks' time from Northwest Wilkesboro. This coming Tuesday night, we will be on the air, however, with NASCAR Live. We'll open up the phone lines toll-free Tuesday night at 7 o'clock Eastern Time. We certainly hope you can make your plans to join in on the conversation. We'll be talking to you then. Today, our thanks to Joe Moore, who covered the turns for us in a busy weekend he had, plus our pit coverage from Dick Brooks and Jim Phillips. Our scoring loop today, as has been the case all weekend, Augusta Johnson and Martha Oliver. Our production assistant today was Ted Stone. So that's the story from Bristol Raceway in Tennessee. When we come back here later in the season, it's under the lights for a whole different go-round here at this half-mile racetrack. But for today, Davey Allison wins the Valleydale meets 500. And for Barney Hall, I'm Eli Gold. Thanks so much for joining us. Have a great Easter weekend next week, and we'll talk to you in two weeks' time from North Wilkesboro, North Carolina. So long, everybody.
1: MRN Radio. Coverage of the NASCAR Winston Cup Series has come to you from Bristol International Raceway and sponsored by Pontiac and your local Pontiac dealer. We build excitement. By Holly Farms, the official chicken of NASCAR and sponsor of the Lickety Split Award. By True Value Hardware Stores for quality, selection, and personal attention, it's true value. By Anheuser Busch, Brewers of Busch Beer, Head for the Mountains of Busch. By Unical, the winning spirit rides with you every time. By Armor Star Can Meets, America's Choice for the Great Outdoors. By Baby Ruth, the official candy bar of Junior Johnson. By Gatorade. Gatorade gives your body what it's thirsty for. By Planner's Nuts and Mr. Peanut, sponsor of Travis Carter's Chevrolet. Play. By Dinner Bell meets the official meat products of NASCAR. By Peak Antifreeze and Coolin. only Peak gives you peak performance. By First Brands, makers of STP oil treatment, STP is the edge. And by Western Auto, the official auto parts and service store of NASCAR. The executive producer of MRN Radio is John McMullen. Associate producer, Alan Bestwick. Engineers, Harry Howard and Clay Stonka. Affiliate relations, Pat Hensley and Greg Robertson. Production assistants, Tina Marr, Cheryl Knight and Stephanie Ellis. This This is Rick Lewis. This broadcast was a production of MRN Radio, a division of
0: International Speedway Corporation. This has been MRN Classic Races, presented by Sunoco, the official fuel of NASCAR, and brought to you by Hercules Tires, right on our strength. Join us every Thursday for more classic races from the MRN Vault.